dark. Welcome to the Dark Peaks Podcast, the dirtiest place outside of the Roadhouse, the only podcast on the entire internet to hear about Twin Peaks. That includes all those other fucking people on uh, Instagram with their goddamn podcast about about Twin Peaks. I'm great. Cor- Fuck them. <laughs> I'm, of course, Demon Peaks. Sean, this is Goth Peaks. Adam, say hello, Adam. Drinking his fucking hello. drink. Yeah, so I should drink my drink. Why? What's wrong with that? He's chugging on some, sipping on some. In your phone's going off. I hear something, some fucking. I, I hate that. Fucking if anybody has headphones right now, they can hear him. Give him shit and tell him to fucking get his shit together. I got important people messaging me. I got all these. Uh... <laughs> so you know, you, you know what my text thing, message noise to see is. People to do what? You know what my text message noise is. I don't know. It's like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um. Did you ever hear of the movie Manos, The Hands of Fate? No. It's a ter- it's a terrible fucking movie. But there's a, there's a guy who his knees don't work right. His name is Torgo, and when he walks, they play this theme song. That's dun, 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 dun. it's that it's a clip from that. <laughs> you know what stupid song I've always loved for some reason is the uh, in the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie that workout song that plays yes. on the yes. machine that Carl's on. I don't know. I don't even remember how it goes. I just remember loving it every I, time I hear. Aqua Teen has a lot of good. There's a lot of good <laughs> shit from Aqua Teen. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I love Aqua Teen. That was like the first like Adult Swim show. You know what I mean? That and Space Coast Coast to Coast. There should be a Aqua Peaks Hunger Force. Aqua Peaks. Oh boy, I might. You know, I might. <laughs> I think the hardest thing I've done was the Dragon Ball P, just to get the cartoons and everything meshed together. Oh yeah. And it actually looked pretty you good. You did really good with that. Yeah, yeah thank you. you. So I might, I might try my hand with Aqua Teen. <laughs> this stuff's a lot easier because it's fucking it's SWAT cats backgrounds. With digitally things put in front of it, so I mean that's the easiest. Oh yeah, the really really bold line work. So I mean, yeah. cutting and cutting that shit out. Of I don't even think they. I don't think anybody drew it. I think they just fucking. It's just it's just a digital like rendering of a fucking fry box and. <laughs> Probably. Um, okay, so on today's show, after that, uh, we're talking about our favorite <laughs> favorite media or literature. It's kind of an open topic. We'll talk about that. Things we're passionate about: uh, making love. To a confused young man or a beautiful woman, whatever you're into. Um, before we start, they have to be. They get, have to be confused. They have to be. If it's a beautiful young man, they, I hope they're confused because we're old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I want to give a shout out to the people who did our opening song. Lula is in trouble. The song is Midnight Coffee. If you're on the YouTube's, our logo and artwork were done by Corvette Days. Find them on Etsy. They do amazing work. Show opening was done by Goth himself. I say this every week. Good job. Thanks. I need the praise every week. You so do. You. you have a very uh, 
poor ego. You poor, you think about yourself very poorly often. So I try to oh, say yeah. positive things to you every couple of days. I, I got to motivate myself to do better. I, every couple of days I send you a message and I'm like, hey, just hoping you're doing good, buddy. Make sure you didn't kill yourself. Yeah. I do the same <laughs> thing to uh, Coral Wholesome Pigs because she she's a mess half the time. So I'm like, hey, checking in on you. How you doing? And it's never good. It's always poorly. She is it's doing. It's not funny. No, it's not. It's, it's hilarious, it's, but it's not funny. I want everyone um, to be doing good. She's not doing good ever. So I, I just send her a message. I'm like, hey, buddy, checking on you. She's like, um, um, she's like, oh, I'm pathetic or whatever. She says about myself. And I'm like, well, you know, yeah, just I didn't. I'm just checking, checking that you're normal. <laughs> checking that you're um, still being your old Holocaust denying self. Yeah, so she likes to. I mean, it's, you know, it's something that she's she's really into. Um, some people really get into history and her history is just a, an altar. She once told me that she didn't believe Anne Frank was a real person. Fact. She said it. She said, I don't know about anything about this. She said this Anne Frank character. I don't know about this Anne Frank character. I said, what do you mean? So the, the, this whole thing seems like Jewish propaganda. I said, whoa. Wasn't Anne Frank, the deaf, dumb, and blind lady? No, it was, she was the Jewish girl who wrote a, a diary about uh, hey, I, didn't, I didn't write the joke. It was, uh, I believe I was Kevin Smith and Clerks. You know. Oh, is it, yeah, that's right. I don't like Clerks Kevin. Two, I, think. I don't care for. I don't, I don't like for, him now. I don't like him now. I liked Clerks one. Mall like rats too. Was it? What's all I like? Yeah, like Chasing Amy or Dogma oh, or something like that. Dogma was garbage. Kevin Smith's opinions on religion. Yeah, I give a fuck about what he has to say about religion. Uh, I, I, bet you, I bet you I could tell you what he's going to say about it's evil. Like he, he's not, he has no real opinions about anything. He's the most bland, generic, Pat Oswaldy kind of guy. Like they don't no, have any. There's some any really real weird shit with his uh, Netflix show, his uh, uh, Masters of the Universe shit. It was garbage. Didn't didn't he take? He also, out he also said he, he did. He, well, he, you know the thing about it is he was like I'm a big He Man fan, and then it turns out he never watched it and wasn't a fan. So, oh. <laughs> like, why are you in charge of this? You don't fucking know anything about it. And not that I have any reverence for He-Man because it was a pretty garbagey character to begin with. But don't put a guy who doesn't like it in charge of it. The most uh, most uh, I've ever seen of He-Man was the uh, ten hour repeat of that. Uh, the song. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> it. I'll put, you know what ten hour one I like. They're taking that's the harvest to my girlfriend for putting that on all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's I listen to that one all the time. The oh Hobbit wait, that uh, the yeah. the taking the hobbits to eyes. God, 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 I, God. I could put that on for a hundred hours. I would listen to that. It's the most <laughs> catchy fucking thing in the world. It's the best thing Orlando. There was a few of those where they made a Bloom? song out of that. Orlando show. Bloom. Why is the rum gone? Yeah. Was it, why is, is the rum gone? Is that why is the why is the why is the why is the? Huh? Is that Orlando Bloom? Is that who that is? Yeah. I always get him confused with. Nobody, because I don't know who else I would be, ever be thinking of, because he's a pretty particular looking guy. He's, uh, yeah, not much. Yeah. Just Pirates and... Uh, Pi yeah, movies. I forgot about the Pirates movies. I, I only ever saw the first two. They're pretty entertaining. I mean, they're stupid. Yeah, yeah, but for, I, I liked all three of them. The fourth one was like worse. And I, I, I don't have any... They're not, they're not supposed to be good movies. You know, it was a really big realization for me when he told me that that fucking everything that johnny depp did after fear and loathing it was just hundred times crazy yeah yeah, yeah. Just a crazy person he I mean, went right nuts. like i was trying to think of anything normal he fucking did 
No, he, after that, I'm, I'm, I'm telling so you right now, Hunter Thompson ruined his life, but by a long shot. And I then, still enjoyed a lot of the weird movies. I didn't say it wasn't. But... I didn't say he wasn't good. I just said he was a crazy man. I'm pretty sure the spirit of Hunter Thompson, after the the bullet left his skull, went into John John Depp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. went into him. That's yeah. what happened to him. Wait, wait, you know what? Remember when he? I remember when he killed himself, and uh, no one was surprised. Yeah, and his wife uh, said uh, she found him. Well, what'd you do? I said I poured a drink. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I always think of there's a terrible movie called My Boss's Daughter. Uh, with oh Ash, yeah, Ashton with, uh, Kutcher. But yeah, there's a fantastic Reed. line in it, and it's by uh, the guy from uh, Reservoir Dogs. I forget what his name is, and uh, uh, you know, talking. Mr. 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 Blonde. Yeah, Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so there's a dead guy, and Ash Kutcher's like, uh, "Call nine one one," and he goes, "No," and he goes, "Why not?" He goes, "That's no one's an emergency line. There's no, he's dead. There's no emergency." <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always think about that sometimes, and I'm like, hey, you got a good fucking point. There's not going to be any true. more dead if we call the ambulance. They're not going to come revive him. <clears throat> so, um, let's get into this topic here. So, let's Wait, talk about before we do. Before we do, happy birthday, David Lynch. Happy birthday, David Lynch. Oh, this so will come watching out this, months. You're watching after. this in in a month and a half when this comes out. Uh, you'll know when we recorded it. It was uh, uh, January of the twentieth. Which is David Lynch's. It's also Tom Baker, the fourth doctor's birthday. It's a good day for birth. Nice. Uh, two That's good the, guys. Uh, Stark Doctor, right? Yeah, they're both living somehow. David Lynch better <laughs> put out some fucking shit before he dies, the old piece of garbage. I want to see, <laughs> you know, he's, he needs to put out some more shit. Fucking my meme now, page man. is going to run dry. He can, he can come out with nothing else ever again. I'm sure that'll be fine. <laughs> he can. I, I think he will. I think it's, he's, it's in him Probably. to. He's got an itch, you know. He's he's that kind of guy. He's I think waiting this, for something. He's waiting. He's waiting for probably. I, I mean, I don't know what happened with Netflix, but I'm glad it's just not on Netflix. Netflix sucks. Everything they touch is garbage. Um, I'm well. Uh, uh, I just got got into Peaky Blinders. I like Peaky Blinders. That's not a Netflix show. It was a BBC show. That is. It's a BBC well, it's, show. It's on Netflix. It became a Netflix it original. Make it a Netflix show. It is now a Netflix original. Well, what the fifth season or sixth season or what? I think the no, 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 no. Actually, no, no. What am I saying? Netflix, no. The, the Peaky Blinders since season one has been a Netflix original. Maybe oh, Netflix, really? Name, yeah, yeah. I think maybe it has a BBC name, name attached to it, but um, I, mean, I mean, I don't know how all that works. It could be that. I would say their their content is ninety nine percent utter garbage. A lot of it has been really shit, but I'm watching. But what I'm watching is also kind of old shit too. So. I'd say I'd say the stuff I'm talking about. We're talking about the past two or three years. You know, anything yeah, beyond anything beyond like three years ago has a 50-50 shot of being good. <laughs> yeah, because I, you know, like Daredevil was fucking great. Daredevil was awesome. Um, yeah, and you know they did some other stuff that was good, and then they started putting out stuff like uh, the one about the girl committing suicide, and everybody thinking suicide's a really good idea. Uh, whatever, stupid, stupid broad. What is the uh, uh, oh, Riverdale? No, is that's that, just that a show? bad show in general. Oh, and that's the CW, which you know, the CW is going out of business because they can't put out fucking a good show since Supernatural canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Supernatural went in this, and they don't know how to put out stuff, they just put out this garbage that nobody wants to watch. And uh, that's 
they're up for sale and i'm like who the fuck's gonna buy the cw they, they probably suck. nobody <laughs> there's nothing they can really do with it buy it and cancel everything want to do with it yeah no yeah, one's so, watching batwoman i'm just telling you right now no one's watching batwoman the uh that new batwoman that's going to be in the in the batman terrible not batwoman oh. what am i saying what am i saying you said batwoman i was thinking catwoman oh no catwoman i'm not i'm going to say this right now zoe kravitz is one of the most attractive women in the in the world I find her incredibly uh, beautiful. Uh, I like her as an actress. She looks like Catwoman. Uh, we were over this. I think we were over this last week. Yeah, we did talk about it. Yeah. Um, I, I really am. I get a I get a kick out of her. Um, and I, I think she'll do a good job. Oh yeah, the movie just looks good all around. It looks like a good movie. Yeah, Paul yeah. Dano in it. Oh like, yeah, Paul Dano is underrated. I think. Yeah. Is it be the Riddler? Yeah. Hopefully, you know he should he should go full Jim Carrey with it. Just be a real shtick. I love that Jim Carrey Riddler. <laughs> it's so bad. It's the worst. It's uh, everybody after. No, Batman or Robin. Uh, oh yeah. Well, I, I don't mean he's actually the worst. He's just bad. Uh, <laughs> with with uh, Schwarzenegger and his puns. Yeah. I, I get bad. it. I I use those all the time. I say them. No, no, put me in the cooler. Put your ice. <laughs> I just love I just love doing it. I just love saying it because it's 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 a point in his career where he just looked at the money and was like, "What the fuck ever? Who gives a shit?" Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do Mr. Freeze, but we're playing Mr. Freeze like he's Hugh Hefner, where he's got yeah. a robe on and. Oh. I think in celebration of Mr. Lynch's birthday tonight, though, my lady and I will be watching uh, Blue Velvet and possibly Iron Storm. Blue Velvet is my my favorite David Lynch media piece of media. Uh, oh yeah, that's my favorite movie he's done. I think it's his best. I think it's his best movie. It's not as weird, and so people are like, "Oh, I rate it lower because it's not as weird as Mulholland Drive." And I'm like, "Okay, fine." It's still weird though. It's, it's still, still so. Uh, I think it, everything he, that happens that is so unconventional. I think he's. I think in that movie is his strongest narrative in a film. Yeah. You know, he can do the esoteric and what does this mean? But that's a movie that actually has a plot. Yeah, and it's a really good plot too. Yeah, and it's, it's a good. Really it's, well. It shows that he can do a cohesive, competent film with his style still fully intact, and yeah. without any problem. Because I think Mulholland Drive was a fucking mess. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a blanket statement for a lot of his movies. Uh, well, it wasn't even intended to be a movie, so it's obviously it was supposed really, to be a series. I know. Yeah, I know. so it's it comes off as a pilot to a television show up until the last 20 minutes. Yeah. It's just a messy... I, lo I love the movie. I think it's a really good movie. It's just it's a very messy... But it is movie. messy. It is very messy. And, and people were like, well, it's true. deliberate. And I was like, I don't think all of this is deliberate. I think it was an editing decision because he had to. Yeah. I mean, ed isn't editing the main thing that matters in the, at the end of it all? Uh, you know what? I, I think that it's an underrated... Uh, editing, I would say, is the most underrated thing in a movie because nobody thinks about... They shoot a billion hours of film. Yeah, I think editing makes or breaks a movie. It all, at, it all depends on the editing at the end. I, I go to a show like like uh, The Office, something like that, because uh, I have people who like that. They would shoot hours and hours for one episode. Like and but what will come out was twenty minutes, and that's pretty it's, wild. And you think that. about all this stuff that's like left on the cutting room floor, and that's just a television show, like a weekly television show. Think about. I hope they include that in uh, some special features for some DVDs or something. I don't. I don't know um, to any of that, but I don't think that you know. I mean, that'd be. I could. I, you could probably do a super cut of whole fucking another nine seasons or whatever. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like they with Anchorman. Do you remember Anchorman had a whole other movie? Oh, yeah. They had a whole, uh, like, an hour and a half of Yeah. It was a whole that. separate film. Like, so <laughs> you know, you have all this. So editing is a, can change a film dramatically into something that good or bad. Or that's why you, you, you hear actors and you're like, well, how do they not know it was good? Because they have no idea what's going to end up in the film. Exactly. And also, they can, the editor can make like an actual, like, good or bad, too. Oh, yeah. Or gone. You're just gone. Yeah, they gone. Just completely cut them out. <laughs> I always think about uh, Stanley Kubrick and George C. Scott when they did Doctor Strange. Well, George C. Scott notoriously is not a comedian, mm. so he would do these early takes, and Kubrick would be like, "Well, do a funny take, and we'll cut it, we'll edit it." So he did the funny takes, and those are the takes he put in the movie. Okay. So George C. Scott thought he was doing a serious war drama. So when he sat down to watch Dr. Strangelove in the theaters, he got up and fucking left because he was mad. So I'll never work with that asshole again. Oh, wow. So it t- totally changed the film for what he thought that. he was yeah. filming. I know some, some stories behind that movie. I haven't actually seen Dr. Strangelove. There was a Dr. Strangelove. You damn fool. I told you there's great, many great gaps film. in my knowledge. But it's, but it's a film that, it's a, it's a comedy. You know, it's a dark comedy. Yeah. But he thought he was filming a serious war film. And you're, you go into it and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. So you're right. It, it changes the whole nature of a film. Absolutely. So let's get into this topic here after Mr. Lynch's birthday. Happy birthday, David. If you're listening Happy to birthday. this, which, uh, we, he does listen to our podcast. We get we get uh, comments from Mr. Lynch uh, all the time, don't we, don't we? Yeah, he recommends it for before and after Transcendental Meditation. That's right. Uh, after your six-hour Transcendental Meditation uh, and Sting's tantric sex workshop. Six hours. It's yeah. not, six hours of listening to this podcast. Twenty minutes of TN. We have that six hour, <laughs> never to be spoken of again. Never to be never. seen. It is six hours. Someone will have to watch it one day, um, and just <laughs> wonder about what the hell happened to our brains right around hour three. Yeah, just being emotional wrecks. Emotional. Wrecks. No, emotional wreck was hour five. We got very okay. strange around hour three. It's real okay. weird. So talking about real weird shit. And uh, I wish I remember. This is what happens when we drink together. I, I don't know if I'll be doing that again anytime soon. No, well, we well, could do. We could just do normal watch through stuff. I felt. I felt dark. I got with Dark Peaks podcast, dark baby. Peaks, man. Fucking, it, got, it was a, in the goddamn it was a very, name. It was a very dark peak. Uh, it might, might have been a, a crevasse, you know? Yeah. Uh, so this was this uh, is a general topic. This is things that we are passionate about, things that we enjoy, things that we just kind of want to talk about that didn't really fit in other characters. Because that was the idea. I, I went I into had. it thinking it was going to be books and like literature, because like you said I, literature. I had so, missed. But I, know, I, had I remember I remember I talked about Oak this too. Though. And, uh, you know, I think it was, we talked about it, but then we didn't talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, so this I think this list will be pretty loose, and something someone will be making yeah. another one of this. Again, is just actually. this one's just things we, these are just things we enjoy that we feel passionate about in some fashion, not necessarily anything that fits in somewhere else. Would you say that's fair? Necessarily, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and if it's cool with you, because I, I because I fucking you know am somewhat prepared, maybe we can just uh, mention our whole list. In one go because I li- I'd like to read off what I wrote actually and it might not even make sense because I didn't even really read it <laughs> before. You want me so, to let you read a, a prepared I wrote, I wrote the whole thing a like a weird statement. Like a, 
it's a I, I don't know it's something I ended up writing on my on my lunch break at work so it's it's it feels like it's like really a fractured thing that all belongs together even though it's a whole list you know okay so. I I have quite a substantial list as well so and also I only have four things on my list so the fifth thing will have to be you know I'm going to be winging it after I, huh. I well I have some honorable mentions on here that are just general things let me do those and then yeah, you do, can do your your prepared statement Mr. Senator um <laughs> and uh then we'll we'll go for that. It might be cringy as fuck, dude. And honestly, I'm gonna be. It's yeah. I'm I'm not looking forward to hearing you talk about it either. Because I, I mentioned a word on there that you don't want to you don't want to hear. The G what word. word is that? Huh? The, the G, G word. word. Yeah, I non-religiously refer to God in a lot of this shit. I'm not anti-God. I'm not anti-religion. I'm not. Okay, good. Cool. Do you think I'm an anti-religion? No, I don't think I'm that. a lapsed I'm Catholic. I'm being critical of how all I that, feel about <laughs> I've got all that guilt, all that God guilt weighing me down half the fucking day. Yeah. So when I do refer to God in this thing, it's like non-religious. It's more so to non-religious God. All those non-religious gods they have hanging around, you know. Like uh, whatever, whatever. Fucking... It is, man. Whatever. I don't know what it is. We'll see. <laughs> so I'll just go through these quick on these honorable mentions are not specific. These are general things that I enjoy that I couldn't pick one thing from. So I couldn't pick something specific. So I just picked these. These are just general honorable mentions that I wanted to, things that I really like. And, you know, there's only three of them and, and uh, really um, have moved me in some ways over the year or, you know, so, so number three is Doctor Who. Um, nice. Long running British sci-fi. One of my favorite shows of all time, you know, waxes and wanes. Um, uh, it's, it's got such wonderful moments. It's got these beautiful moments that make up for all the literal garbage in between them it's funny silly exciting it's emotional it's heartfelt you know you get you you find it if you get a right story you get really sucked in you know what i mean oh, absolutely. You, yeah and, and you get attached to those characters oh, yeah. and, and, and the doctor's companions and it's a testament to the show that it's been on since 1963 that you know and and the recent seasons have done a lot of damage to the portrayal and i feel bad because i like jody whitaker and the yeah. writing has done her really terrible. And I want to say just in general, fuck anybody who has a problem with a female doctor. Like, you're an idiot. Yeah, that, that's not a problem. Um, it's what they do with the whole story and what they do yeah, with the whole character. It's bad. The, it's just bad. Right? But, but also, this is coming from me ignorantly because I haven't actually watched the, the new ones. I tried watching the first season with with Jodie Whittaker, and I, so no, it wasn't for me, dude. I couldn't enjoy it. So some of the things that really stood out to me that I when I think of um, is... I just have a couple little things here. Uh, I, the first, the second time I watched Rose getting sucked into the other dimension in Doomsday, I was watching it uh, with an ex of mine, and we were drinking, and she's crying, and I'm crying, and she looks down, and we're at a chaser, and she goes, and we're at a chaser too, and just is done, like she was fucking her her whole day. Tragedy upon tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to run down to the, the gas station and get to, to chase her. And she, I came back and she was just like crying. It was a, just a funny and a really good scene and a really great yeah. moment. Um, God, Peter, yeah, that, that, that killed you, you yourself are, are familiar uh, tearing up at that one, if I, if I am correct. With, with, uh, with yeah, Rose, Rose and, going and, away, uh, yeah. David Tennant. That's yeah, a hard dude. one, man. That was not an easy scene. My whole my whole family, dude. Me, my daughter, and my girl, my lady, dude. She's she's all we're all crazy about that one. Our favorite yeah. is Rose and David and Tenta. I like I have a rose and, and cross stitch, and I got I just you know it's just the 
I liked her as a companion. A lot of people hated her because it was a romantic thing, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't she gave a lot of heart. I like it. romantic shit, so it's, I yeah, it was it was just sappy enough to work for me on mm-hmm. some like visceral level. Oh, um, number two. How, how cute of you to admit that <laughs> Peter Capaldi's speech in the Zygon inversion. Oh, one of my favorite yeah. speeches. And I'm going to read a little excerpt from it. This is just a small please piece do, of it. Please do. Yeah, yeah this, the accent too. I'm, I, I'm not going to do a Scottish accent. I don't have a oh, Scottish accent. Um, I don't. I'm not going to do Peter Capaldi with that angry Scottish accent too. Yeah, you can't. You don't have um, the eyebrows for it. <laughs> no, no, I don't pluck them. This is just what they normally look like. So I need to grow them out. Um, yeah. I don't. I actually have pretty decent eyebrows for a guy. Not bad. Yeah, I'd come on them. That's that's where you do it. You don't want to get you want to get right around here because it gets in your head. It's a mess, but you can you can yep. get it right out of eyebrows. You can use an eyebrow curler. And just, um, <laughs> so after uh, my face was come on, um, he, he's talking about the, the, the Zygon and the, the people, the human beings. And he's talking about this is a scale model of war. Every war ever fought right in front of you because it's always the same. When you fire that first shot, no matter how right you feel, you have no idea who's going to die. You don't know whose children are going to scream and burn, how many hearts will be broken, how many lives shattered, how much blood will spill. Till everyone does what they're always going to have to do from the very beginning, sit down and talk. Love it. It's, a, love it's it, just, dude. yeah, he was great. And I love Peter Capaldi from the thick of it. Uh, uh, I guess he was in Suicide Squad. I didn't see that, but. Yeah, he was in the new one. Yeah, he played yeah, just, uh, um, I mean, uh, Victor Zaz, I think. He did not play Victor I think. Zaz. No, he did no, not, he's play. not play Victor Zaz. He played someone that had yeah. something. But he wasn't Zaz, Victor Zaz, I know that. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. It was my <laughs> and uh, uh, moments with friends that I share with doctors. I've had a lot of friends, especially the fourth doctor. We would do a lot of acid and watch the fourth doctor because <laughs> those 70s episodes were fucking made for watching acid. Weird and trippy, right? And like, there's a lot of flashing lights and there's a lot of colors. And there's a lot of weird colors to make up for the poor sets. And there's a lot of like stilted stuff and the music is harsh. And I'm like, man, this is great. Like the robots of death. Uh, is a, is a like a four four or six parter and I, you watch that and I'm like man I'm fucked up I'm real fucked up and it's just great to like get fucked up he's it's he's the fourth doctor was made to get fucked up dude <laughs> and just spending time with friends and watching that stuff and just having a good time and just I think about that a lot that the, that's the Tom Baker one right yeah yeah that's okay. four yeah. um that's number cool. number two on this member honorable mention uh, pro wrestling. I don't have any specific. Uh, I'm a I'm unbashedly pro wrestling fan. So I was a kid. Hulk Hogan's, The Undertakers, Bret Hart's, Roddy Piper's, Jake the Snake. My dad looks like Jake the Snake. Uh, oh, nice. For worst. Um, I don't think I need to explain pro wrestling to our fans. There's something, there's something beautiful about the stupidity of it. It can be. Yeah, it's absurd. It can be serious. It can be brutal death match with glass and barbed wire, or hard hitting or flippy dippy, and it, it can be it can borderline art you know what i mean it's telling a story and, and from these you range from these larger than life people to people who are literal aliens to regular joes to repo men you know you could be anything yeah. in a pro there's so much about it to like so much to distill and i got a couple of little things about that um uh owen hart bret hart feud something that i watched as a little kid and it, it, it i think it made me a huge fan wrestlemania 10 Bret Hart's in the main event, but he's also in an opening match with his brother. Oh, sure. Because Owen's been demanding a match with Bret. I'm the better brother. You know what I mean? So fine. So they wrestle in the opening match of WrestleMania 10, and Owen beats Bret. Oh, wow. And But at the end of it, Bret still wins the title because he's in the main event no matter what. 
So everybody comes out and they're lifting Brett on their shoulders and the macho man opens the ropes up and Owen comes down the aisle and he just stares at his brother. Like, it doesn't matter what I do, you're still better than me. And I beat you. <laughs> and it's the storytelling, the visual storytelling of this, you know, him being raised high, Brett's raised high with the title and his brother just staring at him, hating him. It's beautiful storytelling. Um, and also the Golden Lovers, the story of the Golden Lovers, super eyepatch wolf did a video on the Golden Lovers. Uh, it's Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi and their, their friendship uh, and rivalry that spanned about 10 years. I'm not going to get into it, but um, number two, uh, the Dusty Rhodes hard time promo, Jim Crockett promotions, October 29th, 1985. One of the best promos in, in the history of professional wrestling. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a little excerpt from it. This is going to be a common thing. I'm not going to do the whole thing. Should I do the Dusty Rhodes voice? Should I try it? I say you should go for it. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know if I can do the whole thing with Dusty Rhodes' voice. Let me try it. I have another thing about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect. No honor. There's no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids, can't pay the wages, can't buy the food. Hard times when the auto workers are out of work. They tell them, go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job for 30 years, 30 years, and they give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. And Ric Flair, he put hard times in this country by taking dusty roads out. That's hard times. And we all had hard times together. I admit, I don't like an athlete of the day. My bed is just a little big. My honey's just a little big. But brother, I am bad. And they know I'm bad. They are two bad people. One was John Wayne and he's dead, brother. And the other one is right here. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I love you it. nailed I, it. I love you're gonna it. Have I to love cut, it. You're going to have to cut that out and put it side by side with the actual promo. And that <laughs> I has listen to, to a lot of Dusty Rhodes. And, and, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, That's I love great. Him. I just dude. love him, just his passion and his honor. And he's talking about how he's like everyone else. You know what I mean? And it's, it's silly and it's fantastic. And it's just, it's just what it's about. And for the last part of the person one, there's two guys that I really love, Kashiko Okada and Mishawa Misawa, two of my favorite wrestlers in the whole world ever. I think Misawa was the best wrestler in the world. He died in the ring, 2009. Uh, a, a bad backdrop broke his neck, killed him in the ring, dead. Um, he's sorely missed. And Okada is the best wrestler in the world today by a long shot. For number one of my honorable mentions, uh, Jack Kirby. Uh, Jack Kirby, I've talked about Jack before. And the reason he is on the main list, because I couldn't think of one thing that he did that I could pick out. Jack was a veteran, a cigar smoker. He had a brain like you wouldn't believe. He created some of, if not the most well-known comic book characters of all time. Uh, X-Men, Captain America, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, The Fourth World, Sheen Man, The Eternals, Black Panther. All him. <laughs> he is in the American zeitgeist. Uh, and if you look at Marvel's success, the world of cinema, for better or worse, it's from Jack. You know what I mean? And he, he, he also, we don't representation now, but he created the first Jewish heroes, the first black heroes. He did, he thought representation was important. He thought that everyone should be able to pick up a comic and see someone like them that had values that they had. That was important to him. Um, as far as Jack goes, Captain America is one of my favorite superheroes of all time. I have a Captain America shield. I have a helmet. I've got the whole spiel. I, I wear it sometimes when I'm in private and no one can, can judge me. Um, and he embodies the I ideal of America that we no longer have. You know what I mean? I was thinking about the moments with Captain America when they're like, oh, you're a soldier. And he says, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I follow the dream. I don't follow 
politicians and um and everything else that jack has done he influenced my life a lot the people i enjoy the media i enjoy the memories the conversations i have with friends and family um i used to run a comic shop i used to visit them frequently and you know jack would come up a lot he doesn't get the credit or, or love that he truly deserves and it's heartbreaking to me to hear that they called him the king of comics so i say fuck elvis jack kirby was the real king there you go <laughs> that's my, my honorable mentions this is just general you know things yeah absolutely do you want to you want to read your prepared statement Mr. Senator? Uh, i guess man and feel free to interject in any point of it i'm, I'm thinking you, you want you want to talk a little bit about each thing that I, that I, that yeah I why don't we try to do that a little bit let's have a little try. fun we'll try Rather, rather than a seamless read off oh butt stuff just the various kinds of butt stuff on there so yeah no, i don't know man it's just so it's, a lot of what i was thinking about when we were going into this like i said was you know i thought it was gonna be like more so books and stuff like that so when we when we talked today it kind of helped me you know understand more. well, well I'm, I'm i apologize for the misunderstanding no no no, no, no. It's, it's you're all good it, it um i'm happy with what, with what my list consists of right now um so first thing on there is uh <clears throat> Nick Cave, The Secret Life of the Love Song, and The Flesh Made Word. Those are two lectures that um, have been yeah. released on the CD. Um, but uh, here's what I wrote for that. Um, a recognition of the things and events that, that uh, had to happen in order for these godlike moments of expression to come out in one way or another. The traumatic experience is a door for which the light of uh, God can shine through so you can bring as many personal justices to your trauma as you see fit or necessary and possibly do the same to the traumas of others. Can you speak up just a little tiny bit? Yeah. Um, That's the non-denominational uh, God, right? Yes. <laughs> There's all, every, every fucking -religious uh, God, God reference is going to be, is totally non-religious and, you know, open to everyone's own interpretation, okay. whatever. Those atheists with their non-religious God. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Let me try reading that again. And with the louder from the voice. diaphragm, boy, from the diaphragm. <coughs> All right. <clears throat> a recognition of the things and events that have to happen in order for these godlike moments of expression to come out in one way or another. The traumatic experience is a door for which the light of God can shine through so you can bring as many personal justices to your trauma as you see fit or necessary and possibly the traumas of others. It's an invitation to throw out lifelines in your moments of desperation. The moves you make when you when the steam runs, runs out and the struggle for survival way in have the potential to be truly remar uh, remarkable. That's that's quite that's quite beautiful actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Um, I've listened to that that those lectures a couple of times, and basically he's just talking about his what he thinks about when he's writing a love song. It's it's something that means that truly made a big impression on me when I first listened to it. I come back to the because, first one a lot more than the second, but personally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, well, I mean, it, the first one is, is the majority of it. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like 48 minutes of that and I think yeah. 13 minutes of the other I, one. I, think. I come back to it a lot more and just put it on and I'm like, I, I get something out of it, you know, every time I hear same, something same. different. Exactly. And, you know, he's talking about what all these songs that, you know, mean so much to us and what, what makes a love song. They all have this, some, this thing called uh, uh, Duende. You know, have you heard of that? What did you say? What was the word? It's called duende. D-U-E-N-D. -E that sounds familiar. Is it, it's like a... Yeah. It's, 
it's the, the I think the, the 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 textbook definition of it is uh, uh, an act of uh, act of passion, something done with passion, you know. Anything with passion is art. Yeah, exactly. And <coughs> so he's talking about how that's needed in all these love songs, and how you know there's songs that 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 pose themselves as love songs, but they're not real; they're evil. <laughs> Nick should know all about that one, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's just you know one thing. I like that. Is, that's but... that's quite good. Yeah, that's you had a, you had a good interpretation of. Uh, but, of... Um, yeah, I mean, and I think a lot a lot of the uh, stuff that I list on here is it mentions things that you know finding God within your art form. You know, and I think that's one thing that Nick is able to do with his with his. That's it. Let's uh, let's let's explore that statement. Finding when you say God, since you're talking at it in non-religious way, do you mean you finding the soul of it? You finding the 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 heart of it? Do you mean what do you mean when you say that? Um, I suppose I mean a, a personal sense of peace and understanding with the world. Okay. I think that's really all I can you know. A, a, everything making sense and because people could hear oh you find god in that and you know there's that's open to wide interpretation of of what that could possibly you know i hear that and i think you're finding the the the, the soul of it the heart of it the the thing that makes it mean the most to you it clicks on all those levels it's, you know? it's the thing that affirms life okay so what's that's the one another definition i think maybe okay affirming of life all right life affirming yeah like a good so like a good uh, brandy <laughs> yeah sure because you know brandy will you know stimulate a good conversation and god will reveal itself in a good conversation right hey, wait there's something to be said for a good conversation now that's why we did this podcast yeah, and and some you know not to compare it to Nick Cave's romantic thing, but we were having these great conversations online, and it was such of a waste to have them be confined to DMs of a fucking Instagram. It's funny that I think that's a thing for a lot of friends these days. Like anybody having a good conversation, like should we be recording this? I mean, we'd like... be recording this, and do anybody <laughs> yeah. want to listen to it? And we we get a we get an okay you know viewership for something that's not anything, and this yeah. isn't anything. So yeah, it's like the Seinfeld podcast. <laughs> I don't, you know, sure we, I don't want to get I don't want to get sued by Seinfeld podcast. <laughs> those Seinfeld podcasts, those motherfuckers, they take it Seinfeld very seriously. Really? They take it more seriously than we take Twin Peaks. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Probably. But there's something to be said. There's something to be said that we found something in just a simple conversation that was worth exploring. But we affirmed uh, the lives of two people who don't have a lot of friends. Let's be honest here. Yeah. No, it's true. As, as a friendship and as, as something that we can entertain and enjoy, um, I think you can find that in anything if you if you if you do it right. Yeah, if you do it right. <laughs> if you do it right, we're, we're not, but we're still finding some. I get something out of this. I get a I get an enjoyment. I absolutely get something yeah. out of this. You get. Yeah. Uh, I know. Whenever we're done here, you get rock hard, and you have to go uh, pleasure you. I have lady. to rub one out. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it tells me all about it. Tells me these pictures of well, he takes his boner pill about halfway through it. He gets them from Peaks in the Hall. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> they trade them. They snort them off each other's uh, erect boners. <laughs> and, uh, 
Oh, what you can do. I'm sure. <laughs> but you said you don't you what don't really uh, care much for I don't know. I don't know. But you say you don't care much for the for the uh, second uh, part of the lecture, right? Uh, no, I just don't listen to it as much. I just don't I just don't it doesn't by the time I'm there, I'm like whatever. <laughs> I sometimes wish it was explored a little bit more because it's yeah. it's kind of it's pretty short. I think it's like only like a 15 minute segment. But, that's the know, thing is I, I just don't listen to it as much because by the time I, I I want to listen to it I've already listened to something else by him that it's weird dude it makes it makes me want to actually read the Bible <laughs> I've read it I wouldn't recommend it I, I I know I know but but I think because of the way I was able to the way he was able to place it and his his um, view of it and his point of view I think I, I don't know I, was... I kind of liked I like I really liked what he took out of it there are selected things from it that are very interesting and very compelling. You might want to stick to the three or four interesting things and avoid all Maybe. the, uh, this guy, but get that guy and uh, uh, the ton of rape that uh, they happens. Yeah. <laughs> Just to think. Like, he, he, he acknowledges dirty, that when he's talking about it, you book. know, it's like, especially in the Old Testament, you know. Oh, that, the, that, the, crazy the, fucked up the, shit that happens the Jew that. God, the Old Testament Jew God, he's a, not a happy fella. Not a happy fella about anything. Yeah. Uh, and even the, the people that are the positive people in there, they're going to wander in the fucking desert for 40 years. Fuck, fuck you, man. I'm not wandering in the fucking desert for 40 years with a, bunch of, with a bunch of complaining assholes. You know they're complaining. That's ridiculous. So yeah, those are the people that are the, the positive people. And then a bunch of a flood in a boat. I'm getting with a bunch of animals. <laughs> you, ever, you ever go into a house and there's too many cats? Oh, yeah. I've been to a few. Imagine ones. that boat, what it smells like. It's disgusting. Just piss. Just piss and <laughs> shit and cum and blood. Uh, that's the Noah's Ark I want to see. I like the uh, the connection that Nick makes with <clears throat> Old Testament God and, and Jesus and, and New Testament. I'm speaking very ignorantly about this. I haven't read yeah. the fucking Bible and know nothing about these stories. Very little. Um, and also, I'm not religious, so I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Well, Jesus um, was a very positive. He was a very Hey, let's you know, don't be a piece of shit. I'm also going to change your name. I'm going to get in fights with the guys at church. He was like a guy from Boston. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a totally a valid way to put it, I guess. What the he was a little bit. He had a chip on his shoulder, man. You know. But overall, his message was: try to be your best. Try to do your best. You can't. You're going to fuck up sometimes, and because you fucked up so bad. I'm going to go ahead and die, and you're going to feel really bad about it. Yeah, and I, I think you, if you listen to it, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, like, Nick refers to that as a correction to the, not, I don't know if he said correction, but a correction. I think he did take, say correction. I think he did say correction. A correction to the Old Testament God yeah. and his, his, you know, cruel I, ways, I, I suppose. I agree with that, um, because it's a very different, it's a radical different take on God. Yeah, and he ends the whole thing with, with um, I believe, saying God is useless without the vessel of man to carry out his art. I agree and, with that, yeah. I mean, uh, even down to the base level of, of, of we created uh, the deities to give us a moral code, yeah. you know what I mean? We're probably losing so many people with the God talk, and I, I swear I mean I, I think like there's nothing wrong in, with discussing. We're not talking sense. about the religious 
We're talking about a non-religious God. Yeah, non-religious God. I get a kick. I just get a kick out of it every time. I I've never heard someone is, is, say is that. Is that is that very oxymoronic? I've never heard someone <laughs> say it before. I've never heard it put like that. The non-religious God. I think I think people will get a better grasp of it as we go down the list. It's it's not a non-religious God. It's God as a a a sense of moral proportion, and however you want to put that. Do you know what I mean? It's not like. Nick is talking about the, the Judeo-Christian God, but we're talking about the concept of God. We're not talking about any particular... No, that's, that's, that, that, okay, that's where you're wrong, though. I think he's saying that, that yeah, he's in, in, in a literal sense, he's talking about... The in, the, in the literal God, sense, he's talking about the Judeo-Christian But he's, he translates that to the, 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 the artful, artistic yeah, yes, yes. God I, but I mean, he, he, is he is talking about, when he's talking about it, he's saying that he took, he took from the Judeo-Christian God, and he took that gotcha. and made it something that he he made something different out of. You're right. You're but he's right. still very I, much, very much talking about, uh, you know, uh, biblical biblical God. It's derived from that. Yeah. 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 But yeah. that's what we're we're sort of talking about the same sort of idea where we're taking whatever you want to believe. I was raised a horrible, horrible Catholic, and that's why I'm I'm a terrible atheist. Uh, I don't know what you what you. Uh, I was I was raised Muslim, but I mean, I didn't learn anything about it. I I wasn't taught. Anything. You know, I've been trying to, to. I couldn't eat pork, and I couldn't do certain stuff. I guess I don't know. I was trying. I'm trying to fast Mondays and Thursdays. Like not eat at all. Yeah, like, like for Allah, you know, you're supposed to fast Mondays and Thursdays. Is that Mondays and Thursdays? I don't know. Mondays. <laughs> you're a better. You're a better Muslim than I am. <laughs> I have <laughs> one felt swoop. I'm a better Muslim than, uh, than the guy. Wow, yeah, yes. Monday this is something I fucking called myself, you know, as uh, uh, until I got older and could think for myself a little bit, which I can barely still do now. <laughs> well, I, I enjoy religion. I enjoy reading about religion. I enjoy because it's a yeah. very, it's 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 very much about you know, people and 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 proportion and yeah. what the the ideas were at the time when it was created. You know, absolutely. Um, let me go down the next uh, next thing. Yeah, go ahead and go down yeah. Um, so next thing would be um, one of my favorite books, uh, a book by this guy named Rob Sheffield. It's called uh, "Love Is a Mixtape: Life and Loss, One Song at a Time." I am unfamiliar with that. Um, you should definitely check it out. Rob so, Sheffield, you're saying? Yeah, Rob Sheffield. Sheffield. Okay. I'll check him out. Um, I think I don't know if he still does. He used to write for. Um, he used to be a journalist for Rolling Stone. We do music reviews. And there's no journalist anymore. Yeah, no, not definitely not journalism. That's for sure. But he used to write some great music. It's a dead, it's a like dead fucking interviews. Yeah, Buzzfeed wrote <laughs> it, and then Vice feasted on its corpse. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, a sweet and heartbreaking and genuinely written book that goes into the power that music has to carry life across, and how music sets itself. In many moments in our lives, which act as a bookmark to access the memories associated with that time and experience. Each chapter starts with the track list of a particular mixtape and how the mixtape is involved with what's involved in the chapter. Um, uh, with what's, uh, sorry, with what's happening in the chapter. Sorry. I actually, There's I like that. A, it's a presentation, just not to catch up, but I really like that. I like that. Yeah. The track list. Yeah. Then. That's very it's compelling. It's dude. It's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. So do, and, did, you, uh, did you, when you read it, did you put on the songs? Or did you? No, just... no, no. I didn't. I didn't put on the songs. I already knew a lot of the songs that were on there. So I just wonder I how that had... would 
how the experience would be if if you were to to I would I would listen to songs that 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 have the potential to be on on the the said mixtape that's mentioned on that chapter you know something like theoretical a lot of pavement yeah, yeah the theoretical mm-hmm. mixtape <laughs> well no actually this is um it's all nonfiction this is all a personal account of what ha- really happened with this guy's life so yeah. the, as far as the story goes so um Rob Sheffield it's about him and uh, his wife um. It's terrible i can't remember the name of the character uh, not a character Rob sheffield jr renee i think uh, renee, sheffield. renee like sheffield it. something but anyways beautiful happy married couple they're obsessed with music pavements their favorite band and and uh, one day uh, uh his his wife just um gets um, a brain aneurysm and just collapses oh, and dies yeah dead. just i don't know just yeah just dies and he and he's just fucked up about it so <laughs> so obviously <laughs> but i mean it's it explores how um, music and all these mixtapes and the memories they hold you know it gives you it gives you insight into his life with renee and and after and how it, how it all got him through and everything and it's just um it's been i, it's, it's I really obviously been I, too long since i've read it i really like that i really like the sound of that I'm you not should definitely get it, dude. It's, it's a, lot a, super can, easy read. a lot of things I can relate to in that. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, that's why I, was I also, I also had an I, I had an aneurysm in my carotid artery when I was two. Oh shit! Really? And I and I died, so I get it. <laughs> Jesus. And they wow, took me to the my, my mom took me to the hospital. I said something's wrong, and they said get him to the goddamn ER right now. And I, then I turned blue, and that was it. Oh my god! So and right on the right on the carotid. So I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, um, I lost. The, I lost the significant other. So I mean, there's a lot I can get. I can get yeah, behind I, there. I, I think for that reason, for sure. I mean, check it out too. I mean, it, it can get heavy in that subject. I'm sure, and I'm, but I'm sure you understand that. I, I, I really. You're gonna have to send me the title of that when we're done here. Like, just text me because uh, that's. I will. I will. Absolutely. I would love to read that. That sounds. That sounds really. That's really sounds really good. Uh, he has two other books too, which are also nonfiction, which are also really good. But uh, it's set it's set in the '90s mostly, so you know it's got a lot of great music. I was also there. alive in the '90s, so there's something else I can relate to. Same, same. <laughs> got a lot. This uh, rock yeah, guy got a lot going like going on for us, huh? I found that book when I was trying to find the uh, the high fidelity novel. That's a terrible movie. I like the novel too. I like I like Nick Hornby. He's one of my favorite writers. It's easy. Oh, so that oh, you like easy reading? I'll give you. a I don't some mind. Ava, I don't... Some of Ava's books, you can fucking muscle through them. Hey, man. <laughs> Give me Lester's favorite color. Um. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your boy's favorite color? I don't think he has a favorite color. Doesn't have a favorite color? You sure? Yeah. Yeah. Have I mean, you ever asked if him? Anything? I asked him, but he always like mentions all the colors. Oh, it's all the colors. Just like Lester. Just like Lester. Like Lester. Lester's favorite color. All the colors. All the colors. All the color. Doesn't that just make brown? I think so. So you yeah, just put sure. them all together. <laughs> yeah. Brownish. <It's> haze. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, next thing on my list. Next thing. <laughs> is um gonna be the before trilogy. So before so sunrise, what? before sun. Before trilogy, okay. From Richard, I couldn't, I couldn't hear you. <clears throat> <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, before sunrise, before sunset, and before midnight. I'm you familiar with all that. three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love those movies too. So <clears throat> I think that they are. 
<clears throat> a lot better than they get credit for sometimes. They kind of get shit on a little bit nowadays, I feel like. What do they say about them when they're shooting on them? Just that they're like pretentious. I don't know that I've heard that I could think of a review. I've heard like cheap and pretentious and overbearing, and and I'm like, I don't really. I could see some merit to pretentious, I guess, but I even think that they're not that pretentious. No, I don't think so either. I think it's perfect. I I love those movies. So, uh, when I wrote a good a good trilogy that you don't uh, hear a lot of people talk about. Yeah, it's not the it's not your typical trilogy, no, you know. No, it's not. It's a uh, very people always talk about what what trilogies people talk about the Star Wars trilogy. I don't like the Godfather Star Wars. trilogy. The Godfather trilogy. There's only two <laughs> good movies in that whole fucking trilogy. Yeah, part three was okay. Part three was fucking terrible. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, do you like one? To, do you like one or two? One? Do you like one or two better? Okay, so I have a weird answer to that. I really love watching um, the Godfather novella. Have you ever seen a uh, uh, in that in that like that version of it or no? No, no, I've not. So what it is, it um it puts the two movies together, Ooh. and but it, but it plays it um uh um in chronological order, chronological in chronological order. So oh. you get all the crazy Italy stuff first thing. Oh, I like that. I'll get that. I'm gonna Dude, go ahead and download that. I'm gonna find you it. Gotta yeah. fucking f- watch it in that in that I'm way. Would, of... It's something that I would watch on cable. They would have that on like. Oh, they have cable. Shit I have a lot. Of, I'm, on, yeah. I'm on a lot of fan edit sites that do stuff like that. I'll just get one yeah. of their. They probably have a better version than the real one. <laughs> Maybe who knows? Maybe. Those people, those people take the time, man. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, because it's a it's always a passion project when it comes yeah. to things like that. I'm excited to do that with the fire walk with me. Oh yeah, I, I gotta send you that. I gotta. I gotta figure out how to send you that maybe i'll mail oh, yeah. you a flash. i might like mail you a flash drive or something i'm gonna have to. i should get like a google drive account and all that shit so i can like get that stuff <laughs> I, yeah i have a one drive i'll see if i can put it on there and i think i have one drive i think i have one drive I'll, I'll oh, you know what drive. yeah look into it because uh it comes free with i think it's free with everybody's microsoft windows i, I set it up when i when i open the so laptop. i'll uh i'll see if i can get it to you that way yeah <clears throat> um anyway so the before trilogy ethan hawk julie delby love him uh here's what i wrote about it uh God, this this is already cringy. I'm looking at it. Um, life like love is full of the small moments and conversations that carry with it uh, the most weight and have the capacity to make the biggest impression in our lives and minds. An experience of or something. Wait, sorry. An experience of something so truthful, genuine, and wondrous. Two people truly in the moment and not wanting to be anywhere else. Nothing is forced, and nobody needs any convincing. It's a fleeting beauty that has potential for many returns. Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Thanks. That's a good about. <laughs> well, you know, I, I would say reading is not your strong suit. You seem like you need glasses. I I do because uh, my my son broke my glasses two years ago, and my dumbass hasn't gotten. Can you just get glasses. cheaters? Do you think, or is it just for reading? Or I I know I can't I can't read small print. Yeah, so. I'm as blind. As I, a I, I I legally need need him for for driving. Yeah, me too. So. Thankfully, I also don't have a license. So I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still driving. They ain't going to eat shit. Fuck, what are they going to fucking do? Oh, it's better to <laughs> not have a license and just get pulled over and pay the fine than pay for the fucking license. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I guess. But um, anyways, dude, one of my favorite things about that is just all the writing. Every conversation that's had in those movies, all three of those movies, is something that you see God in. God re- revealing itself in a conversation between these two. The non-religious you know? God. 
They're not really just God, yeah. <laughs> it's about the only thing I think I like Ethan Hawke in, I'll be honest with you. You don't like Ethan Hawke? I don't, no, no, I, I like Ethan Hawke. I don't like him in a lot. I can't think of a lot of things oh, that okay, I really like him gotcha. in. Like, There's a lot of stuff I like. I just can't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you name me some, oh, some good Ethan Hawke projects? Yeah. Uh, there, I liked uh, I liked him in that movie Boyhood. He was uh, awesome in Training Day. I, I haven't seen him anything that I haven't liked him in. I, I don't dislike him in anything. And, I can't uh, and of course, of course, fucking uh, Troy Troy Dwyer, fucking Reality Bites. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I think I don't think he's great in anything. I think he's just he's all right. Because Training you know, Day is actually he was certainly not great in Training Day. Denzel was great in Training Day. But Denzel was amazing in Training Day. He stole um, there's that a show movie. on Showtime. There's a show on Showtime that's supposed to be really fucking good. Um, Is it? I think. I think he's a, uh, it's he's a, not a bad actor. I just don't. I don't think of when I think of a good movie. I don't think of, hey, let's put Ethan Hawke in it. Yeah, true. he's not the guy that I would put in it. He, he has some movie. some cool, uh, so kind of like cool, uh, folky country tunes that I don't know if you ever listened to. I have actually. He's. I think he's a multi talented guy. He's uh, he, yeah. he definitely is interesting, and he's a very nice person. You always see that. I think he yeah. was. I think this sure. trilogy was the best thing that I've ever seen him in, acting wise. Yeah, I think I, I'll agree with you on that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, he's. I would point to that and go. If someone was like, "What's a good Ethan Hawke movie?" I'd be like, "Well, there's three movies." <laughs> like that'd be the only thing I can think of, and maybe Training Day. <laughs> maybe reality, Training Day. reality bites. I haven't seen that in a long time either. I love that fucking movie, dude. I made a I made one meme for Reality Bites. That's one of my. I favorites. remember, and did it go <laughs> well? I think yeah, I think it got like three hundred something. But like, it's one of those things that like it's not gonna get a whole lot. But like, if for people that really love that movie and love Twin Peaks, like, you know what's a, a, a movie that I would like to explore? Strange Days. Uh, wait, I fucking love uh, Strange Days. Why does that sound so familiar? Uh, it's got uh, the guy who was Voldemort. I forget his name. Ray Fiennes. It's uh, about 1989. It's like a better version of The Matrix. Yeah, I don't think I remember. It's it. Good. It's a goddamn good movie. You, so you, ever, better... um, you ever seen uh, Waking Life? Yeah. You know, you you remember um, uh, uh, Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy showing up as their before trilogy characters yeah. in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How fucking great yeah. was that? Waking... You know what? Well, that's another one I need to read. Maybe I'll have an Ethan Hawke day to myself. <laughs> that's cool. Watch all the good Ethan Hawke movies. And so after that, the hour after that hour is done, I'll do something else with my day. That sounds good. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, that's uh, I love those movies. The the, uh, the four trilogy captures of of an amazing fleeting beauty that you know, like I said in what I wrote. Has a fleeting like beauty. I like a, I like the fleeting beauty the way he's. Well, because uh, yeah, dude. I mean, that's. Imagine I agree. That's why I, being yeah. that stimulated all the time, like yeah. always that romantic, like it's it's might be a little much, man. I think I would. I think I'd probably kill myself. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> well, I mean, not just like in a sense of annoyance or anything like that. I would say like just it's a, it's an onslaught on the, on the emotions to always feel that, and it's it's you know you want to. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. You want to appreciate. Have you ever pined? Are you a piner? Can you define that for me? Okay, have you? Okay, so you've yearned, which is uh, an, ex an incredible desire to want, but pine, for me, is an incredible desire to want emotionally. Mm. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I've, I, I, yeah, I mean, I've yearned. I've yearned for a lot of things. I've yearned for a chicken wing. I've yearned for a woman. I've yearned for a good cigar. Crack. Pined. This is a hard, that's a big one. You pine. That's a. What, what if, like, give me an example of what you pined for. Women. Mostly just, mostly just women. Well, yes. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> same as men, I guess. I don't know. Uh, you know, but I'm an it's, emotional it's, guy, man, and I got many yeah. emotional you attachments. A, so I, a, I, a, I pine for a lot. Yeah, you're a you're a piner. A piner. You're a piner. I see. I've only pined a couple of times, and it's a rare, <laughs> it's a rare treat that I pine. You know, I think burning. a lot of my personality is based off of pining for something I don't even you're, know, you're, but, no, but feeling like I can never have it. Personality <laughs> is based off of. Uh, romance of the mid 90s yeah i think you're right <laughs> and, and, and what i mean by that is that's not an insult to you because you're not the first person i've met that like you no, have no, a, no 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 there's a, a certain type of person that likes this shit you have a fast you have a you romance romance does that make sense yeah Ro, sure. you like the idea of romance yeah you have a romantic Absolutely. heart a heart that yeah. yearns you know uh I think I think it's something to be said for that. It's a very it's very nice. It's very you. It, it it's very sentimental. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and that's actually a perfect way you can describe me too. Yeah, I'm pretty good with reading people. Yeah, just to talk to you every. I'm an open day. book, motherfucker. Just <laughs> to talk every day, so it's kind of easy to be like, oh, I get it. It's easy. It's easy yeah. to read me. Um, but I think that's a nice. I think it's nice. It gives you a sense of uh, very people like it because they see in your work you use these. You're very flowery and you use these very nice. Oh, I hope everybody's doing good. I don't fucking, I can all eat goddamn shit. Like my shit. Move the fuck on. Get away from me. <laughs> Can't goddamn stand it. Um, I like to put the loving message out there. Putting, yeah, you put a loving message. I'm going to start putting loving messages in my shit. Yeah. <laughs> real weird but, uh, I, I, I like to just keep the loving, just keep it at that. Putting the message out there. And- that's it. I can't. I can't fucking do it. I get so. I get so fed up. <laughs> and then I make. Then I make like weird sappy memes at four a.m. about everybody. I love those, dude. Those are one of some of my favorites of yours. I remember making any of those. Like all. I mean, like, I know everybody else loves them too. I think people like seeing the camaraderie of everyone. Yeah. You know, and so you, you, it's good you do that because I haven't. I haven't even done one of those in a long time too. So. I do. I like. I'll be looking at something. And I'm like, that's kind of funny, and then I just show people's face on. And it's the easiest thing. So it takes me five minutes to do it. But like, I. Yeah. I think I get a. I get a kick out of it, and I think it's a nice community, and we all deserve to, to know that I could shit on all of you. All the time. <laughs> Equally, you hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, next on the list, I down, is this your last six. one? Well, this is the last one that I have written down. I'm, I'm still uh, fi- the fifth one. I'm going to wing off after. I'm, I'm uh, okay. Done. So you're going to do this one. Then you let me do a couple. Then you'll do if you can think of one. Uh, I think I already have one picked. Okay, yeah, run right through it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, running right through it, and then you can run right all through all through yours. Then we let All the right. star of the show come on. Huh? Then we let the star of the show talk after that. Me. Star of the star of the show. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to be angry, but uh, yeah. You can't. Look, that you're long. fucking you got a goofy face. You can't be angry. <laughs> I know. It's a very goofy face. Yeah. You, you would need a turban to look angry. You know? <laughs> there it is. There it is. Have a sword or something you like you like Nandor the Relentless. Oh, uh, what's the the curved sword? I need the yeah. curved sword, right? The uh, Lawrence yeah, of Arabia sword. 
Yeah. I forgot what they're called, too. I forget. <laughs> they're cool. They're cool looking, though. Um, all right. So the fourth, uh, last thing I have written, written, but the fourth thing on my list is uh, Warren Ellis, Nina Simone's gum. So. I want to talk about that with you after this stuff, though. I don't want to. I want to talk That's about. That's fine. It. That's totally so fine. I think like, we can save that because I want to have a discussion with you about that because I have a lot to say about it after I go through my shit. That sounds good. Okay, so we'll talk. We'll talk about that then. Um, could I? Could I read what, what I wrote about it? Then we will. We'll discuss it. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Cool. All right. A collected understanding that this piece of chewing gum is an item of beauty and importance that deserves uh, preservation. Preserving the passion, the respect, and the forces of creativity, along with the feeling of shock, power, and transcendence and transformation that surround the gum as its previous owner brought new life to herself and to her audience. God shines down on us in many moments, and I simply like to believe that there is no anger or resentment that God has held for us when we, when we uh, miss him. God is simply there to show up in whatever form that is needed and holds a promise of forward and graceful movement as we pass by or pass through. The non-religious book. Yes, again, with that shit. Sorry. I like it. No, I like, <laughs> I like, I, I get what you're going for. I get what you mean. Yeah. And I think that's a very, and unfortunately. That's why, though, that's why I, I wanted to read it all, just because it kind of. There's a, there's a, you had a flow that was, you were trying to go for with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Yeah, being like a you, writing project. you read that right off the side of the book. It was right off the huh? side of the book. You read that right off the side of the book, everybody. He didn't write that. It was right on the, the opening page of the book. I have the book right here. If you open it up, it, what he it's written right there, what he just said. So that's plagiarism. No. Fuck, dude. I was I okay. I, I, I thought because I, I thought it was like not even close. Really I don't think any, dangerous. I don't think anything's written on the side of the, there. I don't think there's anything written on the inside of the book. Because <laughs> there I mean it's just that. It's just like that's just the general, you know. General thing of it. Yeah, but I think I think it's it's it, it touches on what's mentioned on there, but doesn't necessarily you know. No, it's not the exact same. No, thing. I, wanna, I, I have a lot I want to say about. I've got no, some well, feelings we're about, talk about it. that for sure. So, moving on to the fifth thing on my list, um, the the book I read before Nina Simone's Gum, History of Bones by John Lurie. So the John Lurie memoir, and that's something that what Is I've been a, saying. Do, by, do you say do you say memoir or memoir? Memoir. 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 Like 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 John Malkovich. It's John Malkovich. <laughs> yeah. Memoir, memoir, whatever. Um, but uh, some the whole thing that I've been saying about finding God through your art form, that's something that I got from John Lurie, because I heard him say that, you know, and he I heard him say that on I think the Mark Maron podcast. Okay, uh, I've I've heard that I've heard that the uh, Mark Maron. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I can't stand Mark Maron, but I like John Lurie. You don't like Mark Maron? I love Mark Maron. He's okay. He's not funny. You don't think he's funny? I don't think he's funny. No. Oh, Even as, he's not like unfunny. I don't. I, don't I, I like him better as an actor than I do as a comedian. Yeah, you you heard a lot of his stand up, right? Yeah, it's not that funny. Oh, oh man, okay. Not your thing. I didn't like his show um, either. I loved his show, dude. I don't know what maybe I need to come I, it's been a couple of years since I've listened to anything besides this podcast <clears throat> maybe I need to go back and revisit some Mark Marin. that maybe you my sure? my lifestyle has changed and I may have a different opinion maybe I think I think when uh would you say you're you're happier now than you were in the past <laughs> I've, never, I've never been happy with the no 
Like happy. Okay, demon. Hey. Okay, demon. Uh, happy. Fucking demon over here. I've never had that. I, I wouldn't call myself particular. I, I'm miserable. I want everyone to be miserable. Why can't I just? <laughs> why can't I be miserable? Why does it have to be a gimmick? I I just want to be miserable sometimes. <laughs> I wake up and I'm a bit of a curmudgeon and I'm a bit grumpy. And people go, oh, it's a bit of a shtick. No, the shtick was because I was pissed off all the time. <laughs> I just leaned into it. Now I'm allowed to be a dick to everybody because no one cares. Before it's, oh, that guy's being a dick. Now it's always <laughs> just being a demon. No, I just let me be upset about life sometimes. And I'm not particularly happy. Don't be. Yeah. <laughs> don't judge me. You're over there talking about a non-religious <laughs> God and weeping your eyes out of a Sarah McLaughlin song. <laughs> shit. All right, buddy. You, good? you know what I learned? You know what I learned from John Laurie? Chicken uh, fish. Chicken fish. <laughs> We've got them chicken fish. <laughs> from Chicago. I, get chicken fish. I believe there's probably chicken fish in Chicago. Oh my god. You know what, dude? I'm we're, I'm gonna watch um fishing with John again, and then we're we're gonna we're gonna do more uh fishing with John memes. We didn't do any. That was from we're gonna make some somebody else. I forget. It's, we're gonna open it you know open who up. Did those that one? Was it Mullet Peaks, maybe? That was Mullet Peaks. I wish he would post yeah. more because I love what he posts. That guy's great. His, I love I love that shit. And he's funny. He's genuinely funny. There's yeah, a couple of people that I think in the community are actually some of their stuff's funny, but some people that you talk to them and they're funny. He's funny. Um, uh, 30 Rock With Me or whatever is is actually really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Doesn't he do stand-up? Yeah, he does stand-up. David something. I don't fucking know his name. Buy me a hot dog. <laughs> uh, uh, Peaks in the Hall is actually really funny to talk to. And he's, yeah. he, he is, he's like me. He's really mean-spirited, but he won't post anything mean on his page. But gotcha. he'll say mean. He'll say mean stuff to me about people. It's like what I do. I'm, I say. I say. I say you all my you are the you. nicest fucking. The, the you don't say anything that mean. Even your mean stuff's not that mean. I guess I still haven't just told you any of the mean thoughts that I have. I still. Have, I still haven't brought myself to telling you. you we, nah, you've told me some, but even your mean thoughts are like, they're like one tenth of my, of my mean. <laughs> I must still be holding back. Because yeah. I've talked to you about shit, and no, you're like, kidding, well, then you're like, I feel I'm bad not. for making fun of that person. And I'm like, man, don't fucking feel bad about. No, you know what? Uh, one thing that I'm gonna do, um, for sure, I'm gonna do different is if I see, you know, when someone reposts my shit, I'm not gonna fucking leave a comment anymore. I'm gonna fucking put a message. Dude. I'm not gonna yeah. put it on blast and shit. Like I leave, a, like, I like that's, that's just playing a whole gotcha thing. Like if I, yeah, like, if I'm, I, not, I'm not trying to do yeah. that. I like to leave messages because it's funnier that way. Well, no, I'm saying I'm saying because I do want to call out the person, but I'm yeah. not going to do it. I don't want to do it publicly anymore. Like I, because I, you've seen the posts that I've done that too, and I'm like, oh, uh, maybe that's not the best thing to do. Maybe I should just. Well, I think it's fantastic general. to do. It. Fuck them. Like, Fuck yeah, yeah, it sucks and everything, and they suck for doing it. But still, I'm not. I'm not I, it, may, it makes it look like I'm trying to do like a whole gotcha thing. I, this I, is what I, we're talking. This thing. is what we're talking about. Look at this. Even people who are literally fucking you, and you're like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to hurt their feelings. That's just not the kind of thing that I do. That's just not the kind of thing that I want to do. Even your mean stuff's not that mean. It's kind of it's kind of friendly. Yeah. Well, it's I think it's civil. Civil. Fuck is that mean? Civil. Civil is an is an agreement between uh, parties that we're all going to be on the same fucking page. We are not all on the same page, friend. God. 
<laughs> Even your mean shit. This is nice. <laughs> you know, if we're talking about being mean, you're like, I'm gonna be meaner. You know what I'm gonna do? It's meaner. I'm gonna be more polite about people stealing my stuff. <laughs> no, no, that was actually I was supposed to, I was supposed to be the thing that I was like, oh, actually, no, you're right. I'm not that mean because no, check this out. Let's show you something that I want. Certainly to do. <laughs> not. No. Jesus. You ever been in a fight? Uh, no, no. Yeah, I don't. Uh, wouldn't recommend it for you. I wouldn't want. No, I wouldn't want it. I mean, I'd be. I will, I, I will be quick to get in one if I have to. Yeah. But I've what luckily been able to avoid it. You, you, you got upset one time because you yelled at a guy, didn't you? Oh, yeah. That's when I, when I, yeah, you were all upset about it. You were real upset. I felt bad that you were upset. I genuinely felt that you were, you were genuinely yeah, upset. I, th I think I, I cried because, yeah. well, because of the whole situation of where it was. It was at the, uh, the, the, pound or the, the animal services place where yeah where my cat where i was just waiting for my cat who was you were, at a, you were having a hard moment i was having a rough time i yell at people me. all the time i yell at people. i'm at walmart i'm yelling at people i'm driving me yelling at people i yell at people all the you time you fucking feel good after doing that though i don't feel any way about anything <laughs> so you why why you want to feel do that though well you obviously feel an anger yeah, it's to, just to, a general it's a general agitation it's not about anybody particularly <laughs> i'm not mad at them they're just my fucking way <laughs> i had ava throw a jar of pickles at a lady one time oh shit i was like i was like oh here's a lady was right behind me in her cart it was right on my ass i said ava hold, hold this and i pointed at the lady she chucked it at her cart broke all over her cart and i walked away i said lady spilled something over there oh my god <laughs> Get the fuck away from me. What the fuck is wrong with you? Jesus. Fucking like overreactor, dude. That's not an overreactor. Get the fuck away from me. Shut the fuck up. You're I, go shopping. I, I go grocery shopping at like 8 o'clock in the morning. So no one's there. I cannot fucking handle it. I hate I hate it. Well, that's the that's, see, you did you, you're smart. You, you're going at the time where no one's there. Yeah. Or I do like the pickup thing because I, you know, the people are so oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. Guy calls me sir. That's, that's the only time anybody calls me sir outside of the bedroom. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, we 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 we're, 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 we're talking John <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Anyways, that's uh, here's another guy who fucking put all his passion and 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 all of his art that he that he uh, explored. You know, he put all of his passion into his music. Put all his passion into his uh his painting which which he didn't really talk about much in the book but that's fine it's um you know, he never he doesn't really talk about painting even when he's painting yeah yeah even like he never really discusses all. the process of painting he just talks about something else yeah which is kind of um, i never thought about it till you said that but watching his shows i watched both of his shows and he doesn't really talk about painting that much. yeah i'm excited for that second season whenever it comes out is it coming out is there a second season coming out yeah, it was announced like last year sometime. That's so what I, I know it's coming I out for heard sure. it like yeah. two years ago when they announced it or whenever it was. It's probably because of the, you know, the whatever COVID thing. It's not, you know, uh, has not been going on. I don't know to that. <laughs> that delayed um, everything, you know? Yeah. Fucking, delayed gratification. It fucked everything. Yeah. So I'm getting sick of it. Are you sick of it yet? I've been sick of it, dude. And I'm not going to talk about it because it's so fucking. No, I don't want you to have to no. apologize for COVID after this, huh? 
I'm not fucking apologizing for COVID. Fuck you. You think I'm no, I mean, that too, nice? To too COVID because you're because <laughs> you hurt their feelings. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you apologize to me. Wouldn't that be nice if you got a little thing in the mail, a little apology card? A little, a little, little, little card in the shape of the, uh, of the, uh, yeah. of the actual COVID <laughs> of the, of the, the... <laughs> with, the, with the spikes, the, sp the spike well, protein. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sleepy Joe's not going to send us any more money, so he can send us apology cards. Yeah. <laughs> in lieu of two thousand dollars that I owe you per month, here's a personalized apology. <laughs> Anyways, enough of that shit. Um, but yeah, man, it's just another guy that's trying to find God through his art form. You said you you got. What did he it. say that? that sparked um you said he said about the god thing what did he say what was the uh he was talking about an artist uh, i think some uh, a, a famous horn player of um i forgot what kind of satchmo huh satchmo i just don't remember um but he said that he, that, that's... Players, yeah <laughs> louis armstrong He's... same guy uh, I honestly, I would have to refer to the book, dude. I don't even know where it is in the book. But you're gonna, you, you have it now, so you, you'll see. Yes, um, I haven't read it. I haven't got there yet, but it's on the. No rush on that. Yeah. Um, it's great. You, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Take your time. Oh, with I it. love John Mori. I mean, it's not like I'll breeze through it in a day because I just love. He's got a way of talking that really captivates you. You know what I mean? You'll, you'll love the way he wrote the book for sure. Yeah. It's great. Um, but he was talking about another artist that he heard on the radio say the same exact thing. So it's something that was that's been carried down from another artist that he admires. You know, saying that he's trying to find God through the trumpet or the sax, whatever it was, this artist that he's referring to. <laughs> and that's that in general is the main thing that stuck with me. I like it. I do. I'm, I'm sure I could. Because I mean, what, 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 what would that mean to you, finding God through something, through your art form? I, I would think there's some context that would need to be put into it. You know what I mean? Because I, I watch a lot of like religious like Bergman, you know, film stuff like that, where that would very yeah. literally mean finding God, finding a, the the Judeo-Christian God. Um, yeah. But if you mean in an art sense, I would think for me, if I were to find God in something that I was writing, it would be finding the truth, the inner truth of it that I really want to express. Yeah, and truth is that's what it that. would mean to me. The truth of it is probably the biggest thing that that makes yeah. it godlike, right? I would say the truth. Now that we say truth, and that's another word that doesn't mean what quite what it means, because the truth of something, the truth of art, is not a factual truth. It's not a necessarily um, scientific truth. You know what I mean? No, no. That there's only one truth that I can think of, and that's these are personal truths. Yeah, that's that what. Yeah, have. it's a totally yeah. personal. It's got to be something that you and you alone can feel and that you and you alone understand. That's why I don't like people going, well, well what did the artists say about this work? Because I don't give a shit what someone said about their work because what they take from it and what I take from it are going to be two different things. So what the meaning behind a piece of art has nothing to do with what the artist's intent is because I'm not going to look at that the same way they looked at it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if person's doing that, then their 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 truth is going to be completely based off yeah. the uh, definition of the artist, which isn't necessarily their truth. No, it's just you know? some vague idea. But yeah, I mean, I I would say if God is re revealing itself in some kind of art form, that means it's it's making it's getting the person who who is experiencing that art to display 
or experience the most genuine and truest of all truths, of truisms, sorry. Well, if, yeah, if, if I, that makes sense. I accept that 100%. I accept that 100%. Yeah. Without, without question. Yeah. The undeniable, you know, truism, I suppose. Almost call it a universal truth for yourself. You know what I mean? Like a... a yeah. A, a, yeah. Yeah. A universal truth in the sense that if somebody else was you and experiencing what you're experiencing, then they would understand that. Yes. If there was... Truth. Yes. If a set of circumstances happened and the person was you and they went through all the same exact... Because, you know, we are, we, are, we are not one thing. We're the sum total of all of the experiences and the feelings and the ideas and concepts that we take in together. We are a mass, you know? You're not defined by one thing. You're defined Still by many. Communist. Huh? Still not a commie, though. I'm I am a registered. I'm a I'm a communist. I've been a communist since I was fourteen. <laughs> I'm a registered. See, registered. Well, that, I believe you. But isn't that great that we're still friends? <laughs> I mean, I'm not fucking Trotsky or something. I'm not going to have you shot. Good. I'm glad. But can I call you if I need somebody shot? I'm not as far as publicly, no. As far as this airing this on this, this for the Patreon, dude, you can say it. Patreon, Patreon. yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we can we can hire to kill people on the Patreon. Patreon. What is this twenty thousand dollar tier here? What is that? <laughs> we'll fucking kill someone for you. That was, a, that was my Jim Gaffigan impression. Just <laughs> oh, I missed that. I'm sorry. Because everything he does is him just talking about his own jokes, you know? Yeah. Because he makes a joke and it's not funny, and then he's like, "Why would he say that?" <laughs> I love Jim Gaffigan. I like Jim, but I kind of hate that too. Do you? I kind of do. I kind of think it's annoying. Oh. When he when he overdoes it, he doesn't always overdo it. I don't. Not always. Well, sometimes he'll be like when he's bombing, he gets fucking nervous and just starts doing it. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but speaking of of uh, not bombing, uh, Christina P at uh, the comedy show that I went yeah. to. Recently. It was good. Holy and so did you tell, did you say that totally she, killed she messaged him offering him a hand job after the show? Oh Jesus Christ. No, dude. Um it was she actually um was gonna offer to well she wanted to meet me and my lady before the show. I think that's awesome. I think it was really decent of her to even reach out to you. And I think yeah. that it's good. Unfortunately, that... it wasn't able to happen because her fucking green room got uh, invaded, I guess. So oh, it's just it's too many people. Like, but you never know. I mean, anytime but... you get off of those kinds of things, it's really good to keep in the back of your mind. There's a really good chance it might not happen because yeah, things get crazy and things happen. And her, in, their, her their intent life is crazier than yours, probably. Yeah, her intent so. was to, to be nice. Yeah. And to reach out to you. And she can't control all of the other things that are happening. And she still messaged afterwards and everything. And and she, I, I we actually got a, got a gift for her, Susie and the Banshees record. And that's she it. got it, man. So that's she, awesome. So, I think so that's I got wonderful. confirmation that she got it it's, and she messaged me about it and it's all good. I think, I think that's really a sweet story. It's good that you're supporting lady comedians. Her, her opener, uh, Chase O'Donnell is really fucking funny too. Chase O'Donnell? Chase, Chase O'Donnell. So good. Yeah, they're a gentleman or is that a lady or a gentleman? Lady. Another lady. Young lady. Another lady comedian. Young lady. <laughs> Jerry Lewis. Uh, I was supposed to be my Bill Burr. Oh, that's your Bill Burr? That sounded like Jerry was, Lewis. Oh, well, lady. Was to be the, it, you know, no, was supposed lady. To be the, Boston, the Boston accent. <laughs> yeah, it did sound like Jerry Lewis. No, it's supposed to be like the Boston accent with the ooh, that's uh, with the breaking voice. Oh, that was not, that was a definitely a uh, nutty professor. You, uh, you know, if, if, if I could be louder right now, I probably would. Yeah. Sick, so. you know, I lady with the thing and the shoe and the loy. Um, 
Jerry Lewis. What a guy. What a guy. All right. That's my top five. That's Sorry. your top five. I'm going to go ahead and do my top five now. All right. Um, now that uh, you have a good list. Weird list, but it's uh, I, in a weird, weird point stuff I wrote just, about it. Just to talk about, things, talk about things that we enjoy. This, this was a, this was a, uh, we, sometimes I, I think I get too rigid with my, uh, my dictations. You know what I mean? No, no, it helps me keep a focused thought on what we're, what, what, what we're thinking about, what we're talking about and all that yeah. shit. So. But I think this Sounds one, cool. I kind of wanted to. But this is still fun. This is still loose. So. More of a free flowing hostility I wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number five so for me is Lint. It's a novel by Steve Allette. Lint is a meta book in that it's a biography about a man who doesn't exist with a documentary about the man who also doesn't exist. Wow. It's essentially like it's a collection of it could be real about this guy that's a writer that may or may not exist. I'm actually not 100% certain to this day. <laughs> and it's almost like an ARG, you know what I mean? Like an augmented reality game. And when I read this book for the first time, I was going totally insane. I was feral, I was eating raw meat, I had the scabies, it's going Jesus. totally crazy. Maybe and, do all that, huh? Huh? Maybe do all that? Well, not, I mean, one's not necessarily correlating to the other. Um, we were just doing a lot of drugs and stuff and I was living rough and it was just a crazy time for me. It's first time I read it. And it, I think it did something to my brain, this book. And it's about a guy named Jeff Lint who has worked on everything from Star Trek to Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon called Caddy and the Major, which doesn't exist. Rocky and Bullwinkle. Um, he is, he's, he's pretty much a surrealistic take on like Isaac Asimov almost. And it turns into something that makes you second guess what you're reading. And it inspired me to get into bizarro fiction a lot, which is what I mostly write, which is just uh, fiction that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like just like really absurd shit. Or... You know, there's, it's, there's, I always try to have a through line through it, but it's, it's a sense of absurdity that borders on parody. You know? Would you say it's kind of similar to like, like Ch um, Ch Chuck Palahniuk's? Is no, that, did I, I say wouldn't. that right? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. His is absurd in a realist way. Yeah, you ever read the book Pygmy that he wrote? No, I don't like Chuck. I actually don't. I don't. Okay, I've read three of his books and I couldn't stand any of them. But once again, maybe revisiting him sometime later would be a, like choke. I did not like choke. Love choke. <laughs> I always. It's only one of his books I've read actually. That and um, Pygmy. I thought he was a poor man's Brett Easton Ellis, who I don't think is that good of a writer to begin with. I, I don't know. You got to understand. I don't. I don't know. Too, too uh, unfortunately, too too many writers. There's nothing wrong with liking Chuck, and I'll get, I probably get a lot. I feel like Chuck. How I feel about Quentin Tarantino. You know what I mean? Like I just don't. Mm -hmm. Not my bag. This is not your thing. People yeah. give me grief for it. Like oh, you know, like Chuck. No fucking. I don't fucking get him. That is not my bag. No. Oh. But uh, yeah, it's it's a mad it's a mad short book that I come back to a lot because it's just a collection of incredibly strange stories about a man who may or may not exist. What year did the, the, the link come out? Uh, oh, look, I have copyrighted. Nice. And Steve Allette is one of my favorite writers. He's an incredible writer. 2005. Nice. Cool. Can I see the, the cover for it? Nice. I'll read an excerpt from Lint. 
Please do. About Caddy and the Major, his cartoon. <clears throat> Lynn was very specific about the way the characters should look. The Major's head was required to be stained brown like a dead acorn or as though badly burned. Caddy's Leone head looked mismatched in his body in a way that suggested he was wearing a massive rubber mask. While speaking, his mouth barely moved. Caddy sometimes starts clicking his fingers and reciting his crazy rhymes for school kids. The Major's voice is grating and low, his body apparently fragile, and he is in fact seen to be in a constant state of dying. He often falls over backwards, clacking, and lays inert for the remainder of the episode, wrecking any chance of forensic action and complaining vaguely of ache in his rubies. In the notorious third episode, Face It, Face It, Friend, the Major coughs up blood. Impressed, Caddy tells him, you are free. The dissolution of illness is a step on the road to death's release. The Major bursts into bittersweet tears, the sky behind him spiraling in a hypnotic device. The shock continues for almost a full minute, has been blamed for provoking epileptic fits. Jamie Price of the Major-centered CNM fan site, here on MyLastEverOrders.com, has theorized that the Major's condition of arrested death is similar for nuclear threat in the age of duck and cover. That's it just, pretty it wild. just goes on like that, you know? It's just crazy nonsense. Yeah, that was that that kind of had me feeling really hectic. <laughs> it's it's a very fan, and I was I was like I was living in a really shitty place and borderline homeless, and I was going I crazy. You might want to center your camera a little bit. You move the camera. There you go. Now I can see. <laughs> and so it just it spoke to me on this level that I can't quite get back to in my brain from all the acid, probably. Um, <laughs> number four. Miracle Man, to the surprise of no one who knows me since I have a big Miracle Man tattoo on my <laughs> I'm not familiar. Uh, it was, okay, so it was originally created by a guy named Mick Angelo, or Anglo, and it was a cheap British knockoff of Captain Marvel, you know, Shazam, yeah. um, in the 50s, because they lost the rights to it in England, so they just had to do something, because they were still publishing it, so they just changed the name, mm -hmm. and it was really shitty. Um, Alan Moore, in the 80s, was given a chance to revamp it, and he did, and this was the first time I don't know if this was before Swamp Thing, but it was his first time deconstructing the Superman, deconstruction of the Superman. And this was really the first time in comics it was done. He took this cheap, bland character and he gave it a social weight, a heft, a moral and philosophical idea uh, that ranged from Nietzsche and Marx to Kierkegaard, you know? Um, he saw this character uh, become something wholly original. And it had these stories that, that ranged from, in, you know, he became a god. You know what I mean? In this new world of the 80s. And he, he changes it. And he throws these the world into chaos with these new ideas, new concepts. And it's a it's a brilliant story. And because of legal issues for years, no one could read it, um, which I'll get into another time about that. So when I read it, I bought the issues 25 years ago. It was like this hidden secret society of comic fans where I was in now that I'd read Miracle Man. You know what I mean? It was a weird uh, hidden kingdom to me. It really spoke to me, and and Neil Gaiman ended up taking up the mantle after Alan Moore left. Alan gave him the rights, the character to to write, and it was the first the person to give it to you, right? Neil Gaiman's yeah, amazing. and it was yeah, yeah, it was the first solo project Neil Gaiman ever did. Nice, and it was a it was a it's a, it a massively important comic, 
that took comics into the realistic sense that they became a short time later. You know what I mean? The grim and grit of the eighties of the dark Knight returns and the Watchmen's, and it's sort of a proto watchman in that, that kind of way. And nice. um, of course I have a, I have a quote from it. That, you know, I, I kind of like, this was my favorite part is getting quotes from stuff so I can read them just so people yeah, can that's, enjoy that's a little good, bit. That's a good thing. That's a good thing this is do, from sure. issue, issue 16. Well, yeah, done. Shit. Oh, that's, <laughs> well, you can't, I wasn't going to tell you that. Um, O Earth, look up. Look up beyond the century's horizons where the light of the millennium to come already stains the skies with colors strange and new. Look up. We've repealed the laws of gravity, torn off the ceiling of the world that was so very low. The skies are yours. New beaches made of cirrus cloud. New valleys made of stratocumulus. Lift up your heads. You're not amazed to gaze at gutters, mud, and puddles all your lives, but have not dared to raise your sights in case the thing you longed for was not there. Look up and see it now, the shape that's haunted human dreams and legend since we first peered from the jungles long ago, and wonder what might dwell upon those blue and distant skies, upon those mountains there. Oh, Earth, look up. It's beautifully written. Wow, Alan Moore, he could write, a, he could write about a piece of shit, and it'd be fantastic. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, that's awesome. Uh, number three, I would. You're not a comic guy. I would definitely recommend Miracle Man, even to a lay person, um, just for the the interesting sake of it. I would have to check it out for sure. Um, number three, uh, comics. My favorite novel of all time, Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. It's a bleak, half true, half fiction. I would go as far as say it's nihilistic, about scalp hunters along the Mexican border. Nihilistic is very fitting for you. Well, that's not, I'm not, a, I, maybe a little bit. Cormac is a <laughs> masterful writer, though he's difficult to read sometimes. He wrote No Country for Old Men, um, Child of God. I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew him. Sometimes he can be confusing to read because he doesn't use any fucking punctuation. Oh, he doesn't? No, no, no. It's, no, it's no. incredibly difficult. But this thing, once you read his stuff and it clicks, you hear it. When you, you hear it, though, how it's being spoken, yeah, and, and, it's and it, it takes a it takes a little bit, but about for me, it's like maybe a chapter or two into everything he writes, I'm like I'm starting to to flow. There's a flow that you get. There's a temperance. There's a cadence because he he's talking. People are talking, and there's a there's a rhythm, and he's trying to get you into this almost a jazz beat. Do you know what I mean with the way Absolutely. he's writing? Yeah, and it's hard, and it's a hard thing for people to pick up and look. Well, there's no fucking punctuation. And it's maddening, and I get I've been it. Been wanting to read Cormac McCarthy for a while now. He's good. He's I mean, I would Ever recommend. Since I saw No Country, I'm like, oh, I got to read. I would, this book. No Country is a great book, and that's probably a good starter uh -huh. um, because it's not it's a understanding. Very, yeah, it's not a very difficult book. Blood Meridian is a little bit of a tense, very tense. And it introduced one of the greatest monsters in the history of, of, of literature, Judge Holden. He's a giant, pale, he's got alopecia. Uh, they call him the devil himself. You know, he's this genius. And he can, uh, there's one scene where he's, he's speaking Dutch. And the guy's talking about him, he goes, he speaks Dutch. And I said, well, where'd you learn Dutch? He says, off a of Dutchman. Just this like incredibly quick-witted, just he doesn't want to give you any real answers. And yeah. and I compare the novel to it's a Desaad, no, Desaad novel in Marquis Desaad, everything he wrote had a moral sense to it. He was trying to moralistically explain why it's good to kill people and rape them. Whereas Cormac gives you no such morals. Everything is presented, here it is. Here's this horrible thing that happens. Here's a child being murdered. And there's no conversation about it. There's no waxing or waning here's how it happens here's what happens i mean i, I want to spoil it can i spoil the end of the book for you or do you want um, to or i not this is 
Uh, I don't know. I kind of want to read it now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredibly powerful. And the, the ending to it is, I, I would say, jarring to a degree when you realize what's, what happened, because it's vague. But if you read it again, what happened is very, very, very clear. Um, it's a depressing, beautiful, haunting, horrifying book that I come back to quite a bit. I think I have it here. Um, I have a beat up copy of it. It's fucking um, visual aids. Um, a quote from that. I just have one simple quote. It's probably one of my favorite quotes in history. Uh, the judge is he's, he's constantly collecting things and making notes about them in a book. Everybody's wondering, why are you doing that? And he says, anything that exists without my knowledge exists without my consent. Jesus fucking Christ. And so you get the kind of character you're dealing with uh, in that. Fucking power hungry piece of shit. <laughs> well, he's quite, he's quite a monster. If you're, if you're hesitant on stuff, I wouldn't. Uh, if you're squeamish, there's some monstrous activities happening in the book. That's and it's okay. based on a true group of people. They were, this was a real, the yeah. Gal, Galton, Galton, I don't know, was a bunch of guys that would, um, they would kill uh, Indians and say they were killing Mexicans and get the reward for the ears that they would turn into the United States government because it was we were at the Mexican-American War. And so for every Mexican ear you were turning in, you would get money. Jesus Christ. And so they would, just kill, they would just kill Indians and say they was Mexicans. <laughs> that's fucking dark. Uh, yeah, it's, it's true. And that's, that's a true part of it. And that's the, that's the whole, that's not even the worst part. <laughs> so for number two, I, I cheated on this one. Um, okay. It's two people. And I'm going to run through them quickly because these two people probably influenced me the most um, writing and things that I enjoy. H.P. Lovecraft and Harlan Ellison. Um, two writers I that, I, I don't know Harlan that I absolutely love. Obviously Lovecraft, uh, the, the father of the eldritch horror. Um, he, uh, you know, he took that, expanded on the Poe sense of pulp horror. And Ellison, I credit, I credit him with helping to breed um, that a new kind of fiction, the incredibly tense, the ch the Chuck Palachuk kind of okay. fiction. Okay. Ellison, that, that I, I credit him with fiction. with that sort of like hyper tense, um, odd that didn't follow literary rules. Do you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. he he is known for that. Ellison probably had more of an effect on my writing uh, and the way I took literature. Like how I write now is probably closer to Ellison than it would ever be Lovecraft. Repent Harlequins of the TikTok Man is a story from him. And it's one of my favorite stories of all time. He just has this anger to him. Uh, his, his voice, his narrators have this sort of sense of tension that I get. Like me and him have a similar temperament where we're just very agitated guys. And I took that anger and I could focus it into a story thanks to just reading and even listening to him because he has this incredibly angry voice, Harlan Ellison does. <laughs> Oh, so so he he's, he reads his own shit. He would do, do narration, and he did it for one of uh, one of his stories was adapted into a video game. I have no mouth and I must scream, and he did the voiceover. What, what was work. it? I have no mouth and I must scream. Great name, and it's it's uh, really it's yeah, and <laughs> he did the narration for the bad guy in it, and he's just got this. He also got fired from Disney in one day. Oh, geez, how he got hired for Disney as a writer? He got a big old office and a secretary. He goes to lunch at 10.30. He says, talking about wanting to make all these Disney characters fucking. And who was sitting behind him? The Eisners, the family, the whole family. Oh, my God. Eisners own Disney. I don't know if you know them. And uh, he said he went back up, uh, went to his office. It was locked. 
and her secretary was gone. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, that's the end of my day. And that was it. Got fucking fired. He's also responsible, I mentioned him before, for Scientology. He's the guy who bet um, L. Ron Hubbard he couldn't make a religion. Wow. <laughs> he's an incredibly strange and I, i've taken a lot from him writing wise and i used to do stuff like i'd read his stuff and be like I, I get it like i get what he's saying um lovecraft is matt lovecraft's mastery of vague concepts and ideas is unparalleled he could discuss monsters sex cults and madness in two sentences and you would never know that's what the fuck he's talking about <laughs> and it, it was he had this old timey wording even for the 20s because he was an anglophile because he was a really weird dude he was a shut-in raised by his aunts because his mother was put in an insane asylum he never went out of his house he i mean no wonder he was a racist because he never fucking he was weird like you know what i mean like he was a weird shut-in he was afraid of the ocean because he couldn't swim i get that one <laughs> <laughs> and i'd read king and other people before him but coming to lovecraft i was fairly young and early teen and it, i'd never read anything like it I've never read how you could be afraid of something that doesn't, that's never explained. He creates. I'd love to read more of more of Lovecraft. So he created a universe where we're so small that the horrors don't even care about us. Jesus. Because the things that he deals with aren't angry at people. They don't even care about people. They they exist independent of us. Them. Yeah. And so those are two that I really love. And I have two quotes from both of them. I'll get this through. The Lovecraft one is the most cliche quote from the Call of Cthulhu. Everybody that's read him will know this one. <clears throat> the most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of a black seas of infinity. And it was not meant that we should voyage far. The sciences, each straining in their own direction, have hitherto harmed us little. But someday the piercing together of disassociated knowledge will open up such terrifying vistas of reality and of our frightful position therein, we should either go mad from the revelation or flee from the deadly light into the peace and safety of a new dark age. Damn, that's fucking great. That's, that's the opening to Call of Cthulhu. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I have one from my Abner Mouth and I Must Scream by Harlan Ellison. He would never let us go. We were his belly slaves. We were all he had to do with his forever time. We would be forever with him, with the cavern-filling bulk of the creature machine, with the all-mind, soulless world he had become. He was Earth, and we were the fruit of that Earth. And though he had eaten us, he would never digest us. We could not die. We had tried it. We had attempted suicide. Oh, one or two of us had, but AIM had stopped us. I suppose we had wanted to be stopped. That's good stuff. Good stuff there. I like it. Um, and I remember one, I would recommend Harlan Ellison and Lovecraft to you. If to anybody, you, I think, would get a kick out of it. Lovecraft is a little hard to get into because of his writing style. But once you get through some of the strange pacing, mm -hmm. I think you'll have a fine time just breezing through it. Oh, but, yeah. I already, I already know that I'm going to like whatever Lovecraft I, mean, I read. I would, I would <laughs> recommend The Shadow Out of Time is my favorite Lovecraft story. Mm -hmm. It's fucking brilliant. And the revelation at the end I love it. It's how you do a twist. Oh, yeah. It's perfectly done. Yeah. And for number one, I, I don't think this will surprise anybody. <clears throat> My favorite piece of, of media or literature one of them is Berserk. Uh, I think it's the greatest piece of literature, sincerely to me, in the world. Uh, Kenta Mira, who passed last year, uh, truly is a masterpiece, and we won't ever see an ending to it. Uh, it's 40 plus volumes, 
thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. I mean, this came out in the 80s. You know what I mean? And he only died last he's year. He's been putting them out ever since. Yeah. Um, it's it's it, it's inspired so much. It's about love and longing and loss and roles of gender and sexuality in society, race, culture, creed, sacrifice. It's about this guy guts and his massive sword. You know, this, like he, that's where that came from. You know, the big sword in like Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, the Buster Sword. All, all reference to to Berserk. That's where it came from. Little shot nice. He started the big sword thing. And even in the beginning nice. of it, uh, they talk about his sword and someone's like, that's not a sword, it's like a slab of iron, raw iron. <laughs> and he's nice. just this, he's got one eye and he's got a metal hand and he's just this angry, violent, and you think it's about one thing. You think it's about this violent man and his violent actions. Uh, and it turns into this huge, sweeping, beautiful, horrifying story about the things you lost in life, the things in your life and the people you leave behind, the heartbreak and the vigor. It's violent, but it's the tender moments. It's the moments with friends that are, are really the, the best ones. He talks about several times about how I lost so much and now I have back good times. And it's, it's about the criticism of violence, the lifestyle he has. And those are the most impactful. I've been reading it for 20 plus years. And there are moments clean to me as day that I can recall. Uh, and something I think even people who don't enjoy manga or comics can get something out of it. So there's some, some sexual assault stuff in it that, that maybe is a little bit touchy for people, but it's never presented as a positive. It's never presented in a sexual fun light. It's presented as horrifying and bad. And I think that's, that's an important yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. And so I have a rather long quote, if you don't mind me taking a moment here. Absolutely, don't mind. This is from the Conviction Arth Arc birth ceremony chapter. The chapter is called Cracks in the Blade. Guts, the man guy, goes to talk to a guy named Guido who made a sword. He's going to repair it. And Guido is dying of the plague. Okay. So Guido's talking to him and he goes, this is all the one guy saying this, okay, to, to Guts, the main character. <clears throat> this is the thing about hatred. It's a place where people who can't look sorrow in the eye without wavering run off to. Even more than a blood-rusted sword, vengeance is something you soak and sharpen in blood. You sink that blade called your heart deep into blood in order to fix the nicks called sorrow. The more you sharpen, the more it rusts. So you sharpen it again, and in the end, all that's left is a pile of rust and scraps. You've got some huge nicks in your heart, damn cracks called fear running all through it. You abandoned those irreplaceable things. You went alone on that day two years ago in your hopeless suffering. You left the last irreplaceable thing you had and went away by yourself. You were right beside those irreplaceable things, and you couldn't bear to immerse yourself together in sorrow with them. So instead you ran away. So you, you ran away so that your own malice could burn inside you. Am I wrong? Do you have any place to criticize Rickard who you left here? Do you have any place talking about revenge for your friends when you're the one who went off abandoning that girl here? At the critical moment, you go and chose yourself and rely on fighting. You're like a drawn sword on the battlefield, one with countless nicks soaked in blood with a lethal crack in it, a sword that's began to break. Yeah. And that's it's stuff like that that you get and I have one other little one. This is from uh, um, uh, a little bit early. I think it was a little earlier. From the Conviction Arc Lost Child, Child Chapter, Blue Sky Elf. And it's about this girl that Guts, he'd helped her deal with this monster. And the monster wasn't quite the monster you would think. So he leaves and she says, uh, he disappeared into the darkness. In the end, I still don't know who he was. Just like when he appeared, he took the demons with him. I was the only one left behind. I still don't really know what these past days of fear, sadness, and shock were to me. The mist cleared away. The mist that would never go away was pushed out by the flames. The clear sky now peeks through. 
but it's by no means a spectacle that makes my heart leap. Like when I flew in the sky, it's savage, lonely, cold, but such a vivid sky. It's clear like after a storm blows through. I don't have wings, so I guess I'll look up in the sky and crawl along the earth. And it's just constant, just bangers like that. It's heavy, I love it. It's very heavy. It's, it's something that I would, I would, it's, you know, and we're never gonna get an ending. We got a, something of an ending. I guess we'll take it. You're gonna have to, right? <laughs> I mean, they could do more. They were talking about, cause he had people that helped him write it. But I don't know. You what think that that they, they would be able to do justice I, to I, his writing? I don't, right I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> So that's nice our thing. I didn't know anything on it. It's it's <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the, the uh, normal way of doing things, isn't it? I mean, I, I know of Cormac McCarthy, and I know of uh, of uh, of Blood Meridian, but I just I've never read it. Well, or I, I mean, Cormac yeah, Cormac. this was this is you know I like that we have different. We came from different places on stuff. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I honestly, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. Like when I was when we were going to do this one, I already was going into it. I'm like, I'm going to be all embarrassed and shit. No, okay, like I'm, I'm always embarrassed in all the podcasts we do. Why? What's embarrassing about it? Is it because of all the cock talk? Just because I'm, I'm, I'm critical about myself, you know? You fevered dreams from all the cock talk? Yeah, exactly. My fevered dreams are all just fucking floating elephant cock and horse cock. It's yeah, like elephant cock. Animal, animal cock and... <laughs> you went to the animal place really quickly. So you got something else you want to tell me about? If you're a furry? I'll never tell you. You know who's afraid of furries? Who? Coral's afraid of furries. Like afraid literally of, afraid of doesn't furries? Like she just doesn't care for them. I don't know. She just doesn't. I think she's afraid that if her life went different, she would be a furry. <laughs> she can see herself falling into that trap. <laughs> oh, can't you? I can see her falling into that trap. She's she's one. She's like her origin story is like the Joker one bad day, but she's a fucking furry. <laughs> You know how That's I got great. this. You know, you got these guys. You know, I got this suit. You know what I mean? And she tells one guy, <laughs> "The worst thing." I I've had a number of friends who are furries. They're, you know, I don't agree. Weird, but like they've all been very nice people. They're all, you know, they're weird people. They're yeah. I mean, just, who cares as long as they're nice? <laughs> they always were good tippers. They're always very polite. I had a friend Zippy that we would travel. We traveled, you know, a number of times, and he wore a tail everywhere. He was Zippy Kitty. Was it like a butt plug tail or? No, it was just, he just wore it around his belt. I mean, he may have had a butt plug more. I don't know. I saw that. But uh, he just, that's what he likes. Like, whatever. Didn't hurt anybody. Cool. I'm for it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk oh, about yeah. Nina Simone's gum? Well, dude, actually, I mean, if you don't mind, I was going to say, I would, I would genuinely love to dedicate a whole episode to Nina Simone's gum. Do you want the next episode to be about Nina Simone's gum after the Twin Peaks? Movie? Why not? Why not? Fuck yeah, that would be cool. I'm Let's down do for that. that. I, I have I'm, a lot. I have a lot. To, I have a lot to say about it. I really do. I'd love to hear it, and I'd love to like touch you on know. whatever you have to say about it, and maybe I'll see if I can write something up for it, like a, like a little maybe you an make a little list something. again about your no, like maybe not a list, but maybe I'll just because when I was writing it, when I was writing this, it was all kind of like. Um, Kind of like how Warren was writing it, stream of you, consciousness. You need like eighty point font. I do until I get my glasses. Yeah, I, I saw you were like. Font. <clears throat> I was just like, <sighs> yeah, and I. But also, I wrote. I, I made it really, really small accidentally. So, yeah. I can't. <laughs> but I think I think the book is worth uh, a whole. A you whole think it's a whole episode worth? I, I'm down for that. Well, because because I, I think it's open to to so many things that we feel 
personally special about that we can you know talk about yeah i actually got a lot out of it more than i would have expected um, yeah especially with how with how you know because it's heavy with 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 the with the imagery you know so mm-hmm. it's got so many pictures and you, you blow through the book so fast that you wouldn't think that you i i had as to, much as you do i had to stop myself from blowing through it too fast i yeah. literally i was reading it and i'm like okay i have to put it down now i have to put it down now <laughs> i stopped I, I finished reading it within uh honestly maybe four or five sessions honestly yeah well, I, yeah. I, I read it only when Ava was taking a bath and I was sitting in there with her. Okay. And <laughs> so I probably breezed through it in like an hour and a half total of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm already like almost halfway through it again. So yeah, by the time we talk about it, I'll, yeah. I'll have it done it, again. So. In between like washing her hair and playing with toys, I would be like, okay, here's three chapters. Cause it would say, <laughs> Hey, it was written like this big. Yeah. But we'll talk about all of that. We'll talk about, it. I like that idea. That's it's it's perfect for what it is, man. It, yeah. it was it was touching to me. Like it it it, it was amazing. I get, I want to say something about the birthday thing. I get so Birth, the fucking sick thing? and tired of birthdays. Having to fucking dedicate David Lynch's birthday. I just I haven't read. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm like, wait, wait. Do right. I, I don't want to talk about Nisa anymore because we're gonna do a whole episode about it. I don't want to talk about it anymore because we're gonna All do a whole right. thing about it. Sounds. Good. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. I don't want to. I, I have a lot I want to talk about. I'll get into you know me. I get into a thing. I get into a yeah, whole let's thing. Hear, let's let's hear your birthday shit. I don't <laughs> fucking like it. Everybody every day I gotta go on there. They're like, oh, hey, someone's birthday. I don't, I'm not prepared for this. I don't know what day. For it. I always I always piggyback on on whatever people post, dude. I'm not, like I'm not, I, I, I wouldn't have found out it was David Lynch's birthday today unless I went on Instagram and saw. Yeah, I'm not gonna make a meme for people's birthday. That didn't. That, that's nothing to do with me. I didn't fucking birth them out. I didn't fucking come in anybody's mom. I mean. Not Dave Lynch's mom, certainly. And I didn't fucking, you know. I mean, I got a kid. She had a couple kids. I had a, I've dated some moms. I like moms. To go on a tangent, I like moms. Hey, you're, you're a milf hunter. I get it. I'm not hunting any milfs. I don't yeah, have a net. I don't have a net or glasses or anything. But I like a mom. You know, I fuck a mom. What was yeah. I talking about? Birthdays. Birthday. I just, every day I go on there, and it's so it's. <laughs> Louis Piccoli's birthday. It's Trent Reznor's birthday. It's fucking. I'm like, I don't. I, I can't keep up with this. I can't possibly be expected to do this. Well, you know what? If you if you find out it's someone's birthday, all you got to do is just find a video of them dancing and set that video to a mashup of Nine Inch Nails and Fifty Cent in the club and closer and call that mashup closer. I don't want to do that. That's that's something you would do. It's cheap. Something something I did. I know. That's what. That's, <laughs> It's, it's something it's tawdry and cheap i'm a I'm, i like to be original you're just jealous you didn't make the mashup whatever i, I wouldn't do that i wouldn't i wouldn't for god's sakes everybody's like oh david lynch's birthday happy birthday like what do you think he does for his birthday you think he gets a cupcake or something probably he seems like a cupcake really kind of guy he seems like a cupcake guy or maybe he would get a i think he, oh man on one of the weather reports he too was talking about uh getting like a warm warm chocolate chip cookie with some vanilla ice cream on it. Oh, fucking pretty good. shit. That sounds, that sounds pretty good. Dude, there's a... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I told you I'm fasting on Monday's Thursdays. I'm starving. <laughs> so talking about you're, food. you're such a good Muslim, dude. Uh, you know, you're a great Muslim. You know, something, I, I have no predilection towards the, the Muslim faith. I do want to say, you know, I was at Allah Akbar. I love Allah, God is, Allah, Allah, God is God is big. God is good. Or yeah. God is, God yeah. is great. Yeah. God is God great. Is great. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I love the concept of that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's it's, it's a, a positive positive message. Mm -hmm. About that uh, Muslim guy that shot up the. Oh, the the, the yeah, synagogue. That is not cool, man. You know what, man? You said a lot of crazy shit, but I think I can agree with you. It's not cool. It's not cool. <laughs> Out of all the things that I said today, uh, you're you're. No, I'm sorry. That's elephant. Uh, that's pretty fucked up. Comment they, on that. No, that's that's awful. That's, and then they that's wouldn't that's say he was like a radical dude. They were like a British man. Yeah, they just kept on. Um, uh, you know, he's not that. just a British guy, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, well, we don't want to be racist. Like, he's not racist with reporting the facts. Like, dude was a radical. He's a radical extremist. It's I'm fine, sorry, dude. I'm laughing because my girlfriend's trying to move super slow and not move the laptop. <laughs> she's sitting on the same surface that the laptop is on, so she's it's like, like uh, super slow. <laughs> was it Dave, Dave Batista when he, he's moving super slow? So he, he's, he's almost invisible. You yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's her right now. Yes, <laughs> I keep seeing her um, in the TV reflection, walking around. Oh, you see her in the TV reflection. Yeah, I see what she's doing. <laughs> there was a there was a whole like minute where she had a hammer right behind you, and uh, she she didn't do it, but you know, I had a hammer behind me. She was thinking about it. <laughs> she'd have brained you, and that'd have been the end of the story. And then I'd have to, <laughs> I would turn this footage into nobody because I'm not a rat. She was saying, if I don't, if I don't fucking end this podcast soon, I'm gonna fucking bash my head. <laughs> well, I don't want him to get killed, and we have we have about one or two hours up. Um, um, I, I think this was I, I, this was very informative. I really like this this. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna. I'm looking forward to our discussion on Nina Simone's gum. Yeah, next 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 show will be Twin Peaks episode five, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, Are you sure? Yeah, we just did four. Sure. Yeah. Yes, okay. I have it in order on my little list here. Episode five. Episode What's the name four. of the episode? I don't know. I'll look. Hold on a second. I have it. I have it constantly up here. Uh, episode five, Cooper's dreams. Okay. It's called episode okay. five. You're right. Cooper's dreams. It's called episode five, not episode six. You know what? I'm past. I'm past the number. Oh, you're frozen. Okay. Well, that was it's a like, good go show. Over it. <laughs> I didn't get to any That's of awesome. we, we're talking Nina Simone's gum. We're gonna talk about what are these nuts? I never know my you name. need glasses. <laughs> oh, I'm blind as a fucking bat. I can't see you. <laughs> so we, yeah, we both need them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All awesome. right. All right. That goodbye, well, that everybody. Fun, there was a lot of fun. Uh we got to, you you learned more about us. Um yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. We had a lot of I'm people. I'm still learning to talk, guys. Bear with me. <laughs> well, we got a lot of people that watch this, and you know, like I said, a lot of the ladies are masturbating, listening to me talking here, and they don't care so much for your. So there's a whole portion where I'm just talking. They're gonna love it. Oh yeah, they'll love that. Like, this, 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 get rid of this jack and ape talking. If we want to hear the sexy, sexy voice guy, it's <laughs> not. Yeah, yeah I, bring, I bring no sex appeal to the show, unfortunately. You're, I think so. you're a good-looking guy. I give you a poke. Thank you. Oh. Hey, I smoke. I poke. <laughs> yeah, give you the right, old, what, the old in out. All right. On that note, in and out. Love you, buddy.